Greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the best damn move related show on the planet Earth, the John Campus Show, coming from right here on my YouTube channel. I am, of course, your host, John Campia, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you, our international friends, gather around as we talk about our favorite things in the world, movies, movie news, TV, streaming, all sorts of good stuff. And I'm joined, sitting right over here, is Miss Chris Carr. Chris, how you doing? I'm doing great. What a good day for me. Lord of the Rings news. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah, and, and for the first day ever, you, like carpooled i did i got to be in the carpool lane with amy it was so much nicer because i had a human being with me instead of a podcast <laughs> and sitting of course beside her is amy newman is joining us here today amy how you doing good been watching the monsters trailer on repeat for the last 24 hours no complaints yeah wow that's 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 a way to live uh, of course joining you guys in the live chat over there today is mr ray or ray how you doing that lord of the rings trailer come on <gasps> come on i i without we'll talk about it in a minute but come on ray was watching it before we started the show and he was audibly gasping. Yeah, yeah. I hear him, like, oh, and also join us running the show today, producer Jonathan Voico. Jonathan, how you doing? Hey, just pumping the brakes over here. <laughs> and uh, uh, Rob, Robert Meyer Burnett is off recording a mailbag right now as we speak. And then he will be here a little bit later today as we do our next episode of Best Movie, Worst Movie. And we hope you guys will come and join us for that as well. Okay, guys. With that down, we got a few things to talk about here today, so let's just get things started here with an off the top. And the first off the top is this. Now, everyone knows Netflix original movies suck. Now, there are some some exceptions. Every once in a while, like they'll squat down and squeeze a pretty decent one out. That's not too bad. Now, some great ones too, like whether you're talking about uh the Irishman or uh, Old Guard. I, I really like Old Guard. Now, every once in a while, they'll put a, a pretty good one out. One of their more recent ones, which is the most expensive film they've ever made, is the $200 million film The Gray Man with Chris Evans and good Canadian kid Ryan Gosling. And this is one of those ones that looks really good. The trailer for this one dropped and it looked incredible. I was at a premiere in Hollywood the other night uh, for my buddy Kyle Newman's new film One Up which debuts on Amazon tomorrow, so check that out. But while that premiere was going on, at the theater next door, another premiere was going on, which was The Gray Man. They were doing their big Hollywood premiere, and I was like, oh, maybe uh, maybe I want to go over there. But no, no, <laughs> I, I stayed at my friend's premiere. I'm glad I did. So now the reviews for The Gray Man are crawling out, and it's a Netflix movie. <laughs> uh, right now, The Gray Man uh, is uh, that's pretty mixed reviews. It's as mixed as Oof. mixed can be. Right now, it's sitting at 49% on Rotten Tomatoes with one of my favorite reviews. Uh, let me see if I can find it here. Coming from the Globe and Mail. I love their, their summary of this. The Globe and Mail writes the following. It is a thriller made by people who know what great thrillers can do, but without the ability to make one themselves. Ouch. Which is... Uh, yeah, that's 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 a nice that's a nice little thing. Good job, guys. Now listen, of course, I'm cheering for this movie despite the fact that I don't have a lot of faith in Netflix original films. I I am cheering for this movie. You got a again, good Canadian kid Ryan Reynolds, Ken the Ken doll, is in this movie. Looking forward to see. It's got a great cast. I mean, Anna de Armas is in it. Hmm. Like. Chris Evans's mustache is in it. Oh, um, he's I think got his, big PE coach vibe right now. Yeah, yes, he does. <laughs> I actually think Netflix is pushing for an Oscar nomination for Chris Evans's mustache. As they should. Best supporting. I think they're going to try to go for that. Um, I haven't oh my had a God. to see it yet. 
I mean, he rocks that stash, though, right? He saw producer Jonathan was like, that's a look, and I'm stealing it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everybody knows Evans watches the show every day. Yeah. Saw fact checker Jonathan said, there it is. That's what I'm going for. He's going to make me climb the rope, and I just can't do it. <laughs> that almost sounded like a euphemism, so I'm going to leave that. I'm it totally going to I'm going to leave that one alone. So anyway, yeah, I, I'll be honest with you. This is one that I was expecting was going to be one of those exceptions. The trailer was fantastic. And again, to note, I haven't seen it yet. So maybe I'll think it's the greatest thing ever. So I, I don't know. I cannot speak to it personally. I am surprised, though, that the ratings are as low as they are. Uh, th again, these are incredibly mixed. I was expecting, because I know a lot of these critics, and a lot of these critics were very hyped for this movie. Yeah. Very, very excited. So I'm kind of surprised to see it's coming in as low as it is. Still looking forward to seeing it myself. But anyway, Chris, you see the reviews and the ratings for it. Where has your anticipation level been for this movie? And what do you think about the ratings it's getting right you now? You know, I was actually very excited about this film. My friend, uh, Kimberly Grasick, did makeup for this. And she got to go That's to France. That's right. I forgot about that. Um, and she's how we found out Logan did not get the, uh, the uh, Ryan Gosling That's right. part. <laughs> She was like, well, you didn't get it, bud. And he was like, why would I have? Look at him. <laughs> um, and we got to read some pages of it. And it seemed really fun and exciting and, and funny, too. This review, though, just I can't help but think of Anna de Armas' other thriller that came out, that erotic thriller that was neither erotic or thrilling, that Dark Water, I think it oh, was. Oh, yeah. Who, who, she had a big co-star with her in that ben one. Ben Affleck. It was Ben Affleck. In that. And That's so I'm right. just like, can we get... Can we get her in a good thriller? Man, I mean, Knives Out was killer. She was great as a Bond girl. Well, she's got that Marilyn Monroe film She does. Coming she that has that coming in. out. But just hearing th these back-to-back -back thrillers for her, though, not being thrilling really bums me out because I love her. I love Ryan Gosling. I think Chris Evans is an absolute treasure. You know, good Boston kid. I got to appreciate him. Hmm. But I have a little more leeway with Netflix films than you. You know, I, I'm like a gunpowder milkshake <laughs> apologist. Right. And... I'm still going to give it the benefit of the doubt. I'm still going to watch it. But it's a bummer that something that had so much money pumped into it on a streaming service that really needs some wins is still this mixed. Uh, anyway, Amy, where was your or where has your anticipation level been for this? And what were you expecting the reviews to be like coming out? Yeah, I at least had some solid curiosity about this one. I don't know if it was like top of my must-see list, but if nothing else, that cast alone, I mean, obviously a really great cast, and I'm, I'm kind of loving seeing what Chris Evans does. I think he's made some really interesting career moves, so I think on that alone, and oh my God, I really, I can't look at him like that. <laughs> it's, here's the thing. I love a good mustache. It's the mustache with that haircut. Uh, it really pushes it over into full, like gym teacher status <laughs> i can't i can't do it um but uh, as far what as the, the movie gym teachers look like in burbank i mean i wish if they look like that i Man. may have, i may be in better shape right now i don't know but um be that as it may no i i just i'll probably check it out i mean that is the the nice thing with a netflix movie it's like eh, we can put on 20 minutes of it and if it's you know not not grabbing us there's a million things or i can you know take a restroom break but um yeah, nothing worse than a thriller that's not thrilling. I yeah. feel like that that's up there in the genres of when they don't work. Like there's a comedy not... that's not funny. Yeah. yeah. Uh, again, we haven't seen it. So I, I will give my thoughts once I have a chance to see it. Maybe I'll love it. it it's mixed. And like I said, almost five out of five uh, critics do like it. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it's the very definition of mixed right here. Anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think about this? Where has your expectation level for the gray man bin uh, did you think it was going to come in pretty mixed were you thinking it was going to be much higher like i did i don't know whatever you guys think jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts
Okay, guys, with that down, let's do one more off the top here, shall we? And that is this. So we knew a while ago, one of the more interesting developments in the world of video games and movies that has happened in the last while is the fact that Sony Studios, of course, embarked out and decided they were going to launch their own movie division. They were, instead of trying to partner up with other studios all the time, they were just going to create their own studio to develop their own IP, their huge list of IP, to develop their own content. And they've got a lot of stuff in the pipe. But in the world of video game movies, one of the names that has really been noticeably absent has been Nintendo. After the horrific experience they had doing the old Super Mario Brothers movie, um, it they just always shied away. Now, of course, they've got a new Super Mario animated movie coming out with Chris Pratt doing the lead voice of Mario. You know, it, good old Italian boy Chris Pratt <laughs> uh, doing doing Mario. But that's fine. But it looks like Nintendo might actually now be ready to full blow take their IP and move them into the world of movies. Joe Blow uh, is reporting and other outlets right now have been reporting that Nintendo is now creating their own movie studio to develop their own IP. Now, they wrote the following. They said, while the world waits with bated breath for Chris, Prast for Chris Pratt to reveal his Mario voice for Super Mario Brothers the movie, Nintendo is munching on super mushrooms and growing their brand in the film industry. According to recent documents, Nintendo is on track to acquire Dynamo Pictures, a CG animation company that will become Nintendo Pictures. Nintendo Pictures. Uh, once the transformation is complete, the studio plans to adapt more of Nintendo's IP. Nintendo has not revealed what properties the studio intends to adopt. Okay. Nintendo is, when you're talking about the nostalgia name of video games, there's Atari, yes, but I think for most people, you're going to see Nintendo. People oh, yeah. played either the original, the 64, the Cube, the Wii, the game, whatever it is. We played that a lot of Mario. Now, but they don't have the type of IP that, say, Sony has that you think would make a lot of great feature films. But there's one name that when, whenever discussions about what video games should be turned into movies, one name for decades has always come up. And that is Donkey Kong. No, <laughs> it's Legend of Zelda. Yeah. Any kind of formation of Zelda or a Link movie, that's been there. And that is kind of with the reemergence in the last number of years, like with Breath of the Wild mm. becoming insanely popular and stuff so like pretty. that. It's cooking mama with horses. Great. <laughs> it's, it's so fantastic. I... It, this seems like the right move for them to do at this moment. Anyway, Chris, you hear about this move. Right move, wrong move. What are the IPs they should be looking at developing? What do you think? I mean, they definitely have material to work with here, right? I am a huge Nintendo fan. As most of you know, I am a control thrower. So I play very <laughs> soothing games. Um, so I am I am a huge fan of all the Pokemon games. Pokemon Snap, I still play. Um, I still have my N64 and everything. I had a GoldenEye birthday party around that game, right? I spent so many hours of my oh, life playing GoldenEye. I love that game so much. So I would love to see some other Mario stories, possibly. You know, maybe with Chris Martinet doing the voice because we all know Chris Pratt is going to do that thing of doing like, uh, it's a me. <clears throat> no, here's my real voice. Like, that's how that movie's going to start. I'm going to be so annoyed. Yeah, but do you really want to hear that Mario voice for like two hours? I do, actually. I you do? Him. Okay. I like him. All I right. like that voice. You freak. Um, <laughs> it's what it you, Amy. I like it. Um, obviously, a Zelda movie. I would watch the shit out of a Donkey Kong movie. I loved that game on N64. 
But I think there's a lot of fun stuff we could mill out of this. I just am wondering how the storylines are going to be because so many of these games are just like, it's Mario and his friends hanging out. Oh, it's Donkey Kong trying to find Diddy. There's those kinds of elements. I've got one for you. Yeah? I got one for you. Okay. That they should totally do, and I think it would work, and I think the story elements are there. Uh, I'm trying to remember the exact name of it. But it, it, I believe it's Luigi's Haunted Mansion. Oh, Luigi's Mansion. Luigi's yeah. It's called Luigi's Mansion. I think it's just Luigi's Mansion. Anna yeah. and Corey were like playing that for oh, months. Oh, it's so fun. And it's like. Were you vacuuming the ghosts? Yes. Were oh, you vacuuming? There's. Fun. I, I mean, if, they, if this is an animation studio, I mean, that's one they could look at, oh, too. Yeah. I think that one could be successful. Well, and there's tons of really cute indie games, too, on uh, on the Nintendo Switch that I think have right. beautiful storylines. I think it's a, a game called Prig or Prim or something. I'll have to double check it. But it's like this beautiful 2D animated game that only eight people were on board for doing. And it's all just like hand painted. And you go through the stages of grief in this game. Like uh, they have really, really cool stuff on there. That what I about Hades? Hades would be killer. I don't know because Hades was only on Nintendo. Mm -hmm. But it was on one other platform as well. But I don't know who owned it. I don't know if Nintendo... Because Hades got nominated for Game of the Year, too. And that's mm -hmm. funny. Is It Takes Two, Nintendo? <gasps> oh, that would make a great movie, yeah. actually. It no. Takes Two would be really no, good. Like Ubisoft. It is? Uh, is it Ubisoft? Well, that, that's so. still, I want so, that I mean, Nintendo movie. could license that, though. Yeah. To me. I mean, that that did win Game of the Year. Mm -hmm. uh, that's what got Ann and I playing it. Anyway, Amy, you hear about this. What do you think about Nintendo finally coming out oh, of the shadows? EA. Sorry. What's that? It's EA. EA. <laughs> what do you think about them coming out of the shadows, doing this, and, and what types of properties they have that you think they could develop? I mean, I want my Dr. Mario medical drama, Ooh. first and foremost. <laughs> I forgot about uh, that one. No, I mean, but even, yeah, absolutely, Zelda was the first one that came to mind. I think you could have a really cute Yoshi movie, anybody? Oh, I Yeah, I think uh, Luigi's Mansion was one that definitely came to mind. I don't know if they, and I say this as, you know, a pretty diehard Nintendo fan from my childhood onward. But I don't know how much they have the properties to, you know, really, really sustain a studio. But I think if they can pull these off, and I think I, I think the key factor on how well this is going to work is just frankly, how good are the movies going to be? If they feel a well, bit, sure, yeah. but but in that way of if, if it's sort of like, oh, yeah, it's cute. You can take your kids. Cool. If they can hit that Pixar sweet spot where they're genuinely good enough that you can cash in on that nostalgia factor. Yeah. Where like my generation's going, yeah, I want to go where I want to take my kid because I'm a, a diehard fan and, and this looks really cute so and like charming. A, a Yoshi film, but with existential dread. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where he's like, oh, like my mortality. Yeah, really go full Pixar with it. Yeah. I love that. No, but I, I think if they can cash in on the nostalgia, but make them good enough that we're not just going, this is just a cash grab. I, I think it could be really fun. Okay, what if you mix Ford v. Ferrari okay. with Super Mario Brothers yes. and you get Mario Kart. I would love a Mario Kart movie. A, a, a Mario Kart epic thriller. With Anna de Armas. To get, <laughs> Give her the movie she But not Anna de Armas. <laughs> but, not, but what do you, what do you think, right? I was going to say, is this live action or animation? It, well, animation. It, the studio they bought like, was an animation studio. Oh, so they can rename that for, to Nintendo Pictures. I would yeah. love for it to be live action because they have Star Fox, right? Oh, that's that, not a bad one. With the, with the animals. Uh, yeah, yeah. Barrel roll. That would be so <laughs> dope. They even have like Ghouls and Goblins. You could do like a... I don't like think that's night. theirs, though. Oh, I don't think Ghouls and Goblins theirs? is theirs. They, but that would be a killer one, too. I mean, that's like my, my greatest complaint about that upcoming movie where it's like you have um, Anya Taylor-Joy, who is the physical human embodiment of, of Princess Peach, and it's an animated movie. Mm. It uh, bummed me out. Well, imagine how Zelda would look in like the real Oh, see, that, oh, no, no Zelda is one that... I, 
I mean, look, they'll probably do it in animation, but that is one I would love to see in an epic, you know, I, I know it's overused to say, but Game of Thrones style yeah. uh, epic you could do with that. But anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think about this? Nintendo has bought themselves a movie studios. We call Nintendo Studios. What properties do they have that you would look forward to them developing? Whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys, before we move into our main topics here, we're going to take a second to hear from one of the sponsors of today's episode, the delicious, and, and I love them, our folks over at HelloFresh. We want to take a second to thank the sponsor of this video, HelloFresh. Now, guys, you've heard us talk about HelloFresh before. Ann and I absolutely love using them. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. And that's why it's America's number one meal kit. You can bust out the grill on a nice warm summer evening and make dinner from HelloFresh's cookout collection with recipes like Melty Monterey Jack Burgers and others. HelloFresh has foolproof step-by-step -step recipes, which means a joyful cooking experience and a stress-free summer. Plus, HelloFresh cuts back on the time spent in the kitchen with easy, ready-made meals in around 30 minutes or less. You know, Ann and I are both working professionals, so coming together for dinner time can sometimes be a little bit of a circus, but we love using HelloFresh. We get the exact meal we want, we get easy-to-follow instructions to make it together, and we actually look forward to making dinner together. So guys, go to HelloFresh.com slash Campia16 and use the promo code Campia16 for up to 16 free meals and up to three free gifts. That's HelloFresh.com slash Campia16. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. And thank you to our friends at HelloFresh for sponsoring this episode of the John Campia Show. Don't forget, guys, when you support our sponsors, you're actually supporting our show. So go on down into the description of this video right at the top. You'll see links to all of our sponsors and the promo codes. And again, thank you to HelloFresh. All right, guys, with that down, let's get into our main topics here today. And how do we select our main topics on the show? Well, that's easy. We need you guys to do that because you guys come up with our main topics. Whenever you guys come across a big topic, issue, or story that you guys feel we need to cover as a main topic here on the show, just go anytime 24-7 over to www.thejohncampiashow.com slash contact. Once you guys get there, you're going to see a form. Fill it out with your topic or question. It's absolutely free. Hit submit, and then maybe, just maybe, you might see your submission featured as a main topic here on The John Campia Show. With that down... Amy, what is our first main topic today? Our first topic comes to us from Matthew Evan. Hello from Indonesia. John and crew, the Lord of the Rings trailer has just been released, and I think it looked great. Kudos to those who worked on the VFX and cinematography. Have you seen the trailer? If yes, how do you compare the looks of it to Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings trilogy? Thank you. All right, thanks for sending that in. And of course, I think it was about a week ago, they dropped the teaser to what was going to be a full trailer coming out here. I have liked very much what we have seen. But also understanding they're not showing us a lot. This one, we finally are starting to get a little bit of an ideal. Uh, we've got a lot more of Galadriel in this. Galadriel is really kind of the main focus of this. Mm -hmm. We really do get an idea that the, what do they call the Hobbit precursors? The Harfoots. Because the Harfoots. They did, Hobbits didn't exist yet in the Second Age. That's right. So they were the Harfoots. Yeah. I guess that's what Smeagol was. Mm -hmm. So you I'm have nerd. the Harfoots. So they have, I, obviously the Harfoots are going to be kind of key as well. Get a lot of sense of the elves and men where, what's going on with the dwarves. Clearly the rings and stuff like all that kind of stuff is all part of it. I will say this first. 
we are still not really getting a sense of the plot in the trailers. And I really thought that this trailer was going to be the one that would get... Now, granted, we're getting a general idea, but really no firm thing on what the plot is going to be. They need to give us a good preview of a plot-centered trailer before this show comes out. They really need to do that. Okay, with me having said that and that aside, it looked beautiful. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it just, it looks great. It has the tone of the Peter Jackson Lord of the Rings. So this one spot more than any of the others has that tone of the Lord of the Rings that Peter Jackson bring, bring us. I, I thought the characters look great. The landscapes look breathtaking. Even the background music is just, it all heightens that. And you guys know, it is my number one most anticipated thing coming out on television this year has been all year i thought it looked great so anyway amy you had a chance to see the trailer what we just lost connection oh did we oh no does it have wi-fi on your end let me try let me check it looks like it i still have the chat going yeah huh i can't oh they said we're good maybe it's just your Oh, yeah. I don't know how. They're I mean, saying they can see us. Oh, everybody's <laughs> saying they can see us? Wow, well, my picture broke too. Well, I guess we'll just keep going then. If, if everybody says they us, can see us, that's yeah. great. I'll just try to fix it on my end, guys. I'll, I'll keep an eye on it. I'll keep on the eye on the chat. Yeah, Ray, keep an eye on it. At any rate, everybody's saying we're fine here. Okay, we're having problems on our end, but that's fine too. Uh, anyway, Amy... You had a chance to see this. What did mm-hmm. you think about it? I, I almost feel like I should defer my time to Chris because I can just feel her like vibrating <laughs> next to me right now. But <laughs> no, uh, it yeah, it looks fantastic. Uh, like you said, there's definitely that level of I I don't, you know, follow sort of all the like I'm not familiar with the books. So I have a definite like, I don't know what this is yet. Uh, but that said, I, I do think there is an element with Lord of the Rings, with just how beautiful, how stunning that world can be, how much I think those movies are sort of comfort movies to a lot of people. If they can pull off something halfway decent, just based on how good it looks, I think there will just be a general excitement to be back in that world and have that in sort of that different medium of having it streaming like right there on your TV, some new Lord of the Rings adventures uh, I, I think is going to be exciting. That said, yeah, I can't really speak to what we're dealing with exactly. Uh, but I, I think I think just the quality of this trailer is enough to just get that that expectation real high for folks. Chris, you had a chance to take a look at it. How did you feel about it? <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> My dog is named Gimli, you guys. Come on. Um, <laughs> like when you see the two trees of Valinor. Oh yeah, that, I was, that just was like, like yeah. <gasps> Um, and it's it, right now it is very much a love letter to people who are nerds like uh, Ray called it like it is <laughs> because, you know, we have Prince Durin the fourth who is showing us that jewel that is going to become part of the rings of power. And we see the trees, right, that are so intrinsically tied to Tolkien's mythology. And we go through the minds of Moria again with Cosmon Dune. And it's so pretty. I'm so excited. I'm going to cry when I watch this show. <laughs> uh, I mean, I get, again, there's been a lot of there, many, many shows have been excited about this year. The Boys season three, Umbrella Academy, uh, Yellowstone, new seasons, all that kind of it's stuff. Been an but embarrassment but, of riches. Yeah. But this is the show, this like stuff. even more than House of Dragon that I'm excited. About. Ray, you saw it. You were getting all giddy. What do you think about this it? This has become my most anticipated show what? after this trailer. Now, Really? This trailer by itself I did that for you. House of Dragon has its work cut out for it because the scope on in this trailer looks amazing yeah it looks yeah. like 
totally different places everywhere. <laughs> I love like the different factions. I love that shot where people are burning in the sky. I, I I couldn't tell what that was, but that shot was that was awesome. her vision. That was Gladiel's vision. Yeah. Oh man, this thing looks uh, good. I mean, uh, and the, did we get the quote yet or no? <laughs> the what? Do the quote yet? The quote graphic. Because like that. Guy oh no no no! We haven't done that oh, yet. Okay okay. Because I was gonna refer to that. Um, yeah, it looks good. It looks good. All right. Well, speaking of that, <laughs> this comes to us from the folks over at CBR who wrote the following. Rather than serving as a straight adaptation of a single book or series, The Rings of Power ties together the canon legends of Middle-earth into a prequel series set thousands of years before the events of Tolkien's best-known works, The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. Series director J.A. Bayona, I'm a big fan of his, claims that The Rings of Power, which is ultimately intended to be a 50-hour, five-season series, is so expansive that it cannot even be considered television. Showrunners J.D. Payne and Patrick McKay added in a recent interview that The Rings of Power will have more action than any television or streaming show we have ever seen. Well, and I will say that, just watching that trailer, the, the scale of it just felt so massive for, for a streaming series. Even just the sets and how many of these just massive, like, you know, and, and locations, how many of just these massive things we were seeing. It, does, it feels bigger than just your everyday streaming series. For sure. And the casting already, too. Like, just seeing Galadriel and Elrond, that has always, since our images, has seemed so spot on. Right. And, like, great. I just, I'm so excited about this. And versus House of Dragon, I know these are both prequel series, but I am so much more in, obviously I also love Lord of the Rings way more than I love Game of Thrones, but I'm so much more interested in this because of all these new characters and stuff too. I feel like the show's gonna have real stakes even though we know where it's going. There's so many new characters that we don't know what their fate's gonna be that I'm so excited about it. Well, I mean, and that's, that is one of the keys, right? The one of the key things is that the anticipation going into it, like, because you're talking about two series that not only do they, are they prequel series, but they're both series that have, one is much older than the other, mm -hmm. granted, but they have such firmly established, huge original fan bases as well, based mm -hmm. on their stuff. They have a lot of yeah. stuff that they can work from. So it's going to be really interesting to see where they go. Anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think about this? Whatever you guys thought about the trailer, jump on down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Let's move on to main topic number two. I, are we ready for number two? We are number two, right? Yes, yeah. we are. Amy, what is main topic number two? Our second topic today comes from the antagonistic Anonymous. In a recent interview with Rotten Tomatoes, awards editor Jacqueline Coley, Daniel Kaluuya has confirmed that he won't be reprising his role of Wakabi in Black Panther Wakanda Forever due to scheduling conflicts with Jordan Peele's film Nope. It's really sad to see we won't be seeing another significant character in the sequel. As for me, Wakabi's character arc as... Oh. No, keep going. Oh. As uh, we need that screen back up. There sorry, as a friend turned to foe was quite interesting and would have been significantly more important considering T'Challa is no longer king. John, I can't lie. This news kind of decreases my hype for the film. So what are your thoughts on the development? All right, I'll 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 be honest with you. Uh, first of all, Daniel Kaluuya, Academy level actor, 100 yeah. mm -hmm. percent. He's great. He's fantastic. It's very, very excited to see him uh, in Nope. Super stoked for it. All that kind of good stuff. That being said, I never thought Wakabi was going to be in this movie. Mm. Like at the end of Black Panther, like it seemed like the definitive end to his story. And I'll say this too. The movie doesn't need that character. I honestly thought it was a pretty weak character. 
I, I really do. I don't think they gave Daniel a lot to work with. That I, I honestly thought it was the weakest character in the movie. It was just like, oh, hey, I'm your best friend. Something went wrong. I hate you, and I want you to die. I mean, it was like far too... And, and I get it. The motivation, like he's, he's very angry. Uh, this was a guy who was responsible for the death of his parents years and years and years and years ago. But this was his best friend, his king, and... Like, I went to go get him, and I, he got away from me. You, you failed? I hate you forever! And and I'm going to support this guy killing you and taking over his king! Ah! Like, it just it, it just was the one element of the movie that really didn't work. I mean, yeah, there was some spotty CGI here and there, too. But, but I mean, the, uh, fundamentally, from a narrative point of view, Wakabi was the one character that didn't work. And so, and I thought they gave the character... He was a traitor. He was going to... I wouldn't be surprised if they executed him, to be honest. But, I mean... In a culture where they decide head of government by mortal death combat, sure, I could see that high treason against the king might have ended him in the death penalty. So I never really expected the character. I would have loved to have seen Daniel pop up, maybe as Wakabi's twin brother. But, but I just was not looking forward to that character because I thought the character was weak. Anyway, Chris, you hear about this? Were you surprised that he's not going to be there? And and like the very fact that he chose Nope. Over this is pretty interesting, too. What do you think? Well, the choice of taking up Nope instead of this, I think, makes so much more sense. He obviously has an incredible relationship with Jordan Peele. We had yep. an incredible, incredible performance out of him, you know, in, in, Get, in Out, Get Out, which really made his career. Exactly. He's so great in it. And obviously the two of them just work so, so well together. And Nope looks fantastic. You know how I feel about horror movies. Yes. And Jordan Peele stuff is stuff that I run to the theater for. So I think this for his career makes a lot more sense. We were watching a deleted scene this morning that showed those acting chops, right? That showed mm -hmm. why he won a supporting actor Oscar for uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, right? He's an incredible, incredible actor. And frankly, he just didn't have enough stuff to do in Black yeah. Panther, in my opinion. And the things that he really shone in, like, they were cut. They were yep. left on the cutting room floor. And like you were saying, it doesn't make much sense for this character ret to return. Do I wish he was in the movie because he's such an incredible actor? Absolutely. And honestly, I feel like Black Panther is running into more and more issues about, you know, just issues they had with trying to film everything because of COVID. Right. Um, having actors who aren't available in there, having scheduling issues, obviously the huge, huge loss of not having Chadwick Boseman in there. So I'm really hoping that we have a great story here and some other ca actors of this caliber stepping in since they lost him. Well, and look, and look, we know the one thing Black Panther 2 has is a very strong cast. Absolutely. Even without Daniel yeah. anyway, Amy, you had a chance to see this. I mean, he was, he basically had a scheduling choice. He could mm -hmm. either go do Nope or he could go do Black Panther 2. I mean, honestly, too, I, I just think he would know I'm going to get a much better character to play if I just go and play Nope. Anyway, what do you think about this? Yeah, I have a lot of respect for him as an actor to make that call. Obviously, Jordan Peele's such an incredible director. Yeah, obviously, they work together so well. I think a lot of actors would have gone for the Marvel money. So I, I really do <laughs> yeah. respect his choice as an actor to take, yeah, what is probably going to be a, a more interesting film. That said, it would have been really cool to see if they could have given him more to do in this sequel. I don't know if the loss of his character is going to be, you know, as big a hit. But I think emotionally at this point, there's just so much anticipation for this movie. The first one was so good that any announcement like that of this actor's not coming back just is that emotional like, oh, no, I want this to be good. And it's starting to feel like the odds are stacked against them. I, I think they can still absolutely pull it off. But I think from a fan perspective, the response is going to come 
start piling up of like, is this a doomed movie? I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying that is like an understandable emotional reaction of like, oh, and now he's not in this. Oh, and now this is happening. So I still have full faith that they're going to pull something fantastic off. But certainly, certainly a bit of a bummer to hear we're not going to have an actor uh, that is that wonderful contributing as well to this cast. As long as Ryan Coogler is in the director's chair. Yeah. I feel confident still with that. Yeah. yeah I mean, as long as the guy is still directing, yeah. right, then this movie has every chance to still yeah. be great. Again, my enthusiasm for the film took two major hits. One, that they lost their main star. Yeah. Two, they then made the choice to lose their main character. And and both of those have really tempered my expectations for this movie. But again, as long as Ryan Coogler's in the director's chair, let's see what happens. Anyway, guys, oh. question is for you. What do you think about this? The Daniels chose to do Nope over Black Panther. Do you really even think there would have been a role for that character to play in the next movie? Maybe you thought he was essential. Whatever your thoughts are, jump down to the comment section below and leave those thoughts there. All right, guys. With that down, we're going to take a second and hear from another sponsor of today's episode of the show, our friends at Upside. From cringing at the pump to getting an eye-popping check at your favorite restaurant, inflation is hitting us all where it hurts. And it really hurts. That's why you should start using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. With every purchase, you'll earn cash back thanks to Upside. Every time you leave the house, you can use Upside. The app is incredibly easy to use. It isn't too good to be true. You can use it yourself and see that it works. Upside is a no-brainer. What do you plan to do with all your cash back? To get started, download the free Upside app in the App Store or Google Play. Use our promo code CAMPIA and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next, claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. Check in at the business, pay as usual with a credit card or debit card, and get paid. In comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you can earn three times more cash back with Upside. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Upside users are earning more than a million dollars every week. That's probably why they have a 4.8 star rating on the App Store. Download the free Upside app and use promo code CAMPIA to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using the promo code CAMPIA. And thank you to our friends at Upside for sponsoring this episode of the John Campia Show. All right, guys, with that down, let's move on to main topic number three. Amy, what is our third main topic today? Our third topic today comes to us from Amir K. Greetings, John. So a lot of people have been debating if Kamala ended up being a mutant or not at the end of the show, and if she morphed into Captain Marvel in the post credit scene, or if she switched places with her. The creator of the show just confirmed both, saying she is a mutant and that she didn't turn into Carol. What do you think of her comments, and does this make more sense than their alternatives? All right, thanks a lot for sending that in. And uh, I probably should have given a spoiler warning at the before we read the question, but yeah, this is going to deal. The, the show came out a couple of days ago, but this is dealing with a couple of spoilers that aren't. If you still haven't had a chance to watch the episode, I'm sure you've heard about everything in it by now. But just be warned, we are going to talk about a couple of key things in this uh, as we go in, both of which were mentioned in the question. So yeah, coming out of Ms. Marvel, and we did the Ms. Marvel open spoiler discussion yesterday. And there were a lot of people in our live chat who, number one, did not necessarily think they were saying she's a mutant. And number two, didn't think she switched places with Carol Danvers, but rather believe that she turned into Carol Danvers. 
Now, just to be clear, the showrunner, the creator of the show and the showrunner, uh, her name is uh, Bisha K. Ali. She was being interviewed by Variety and she made both points very, very clear. On point number one about whether or not she morphed into Carol Danvers or whether she switched place, the interviewer asked her, so at one point, Kamala turns into Captain Marvel, to which Ali says she did not turn into Captain Marvel. And the, then the interview says, you're right, sorry, she switched places with Carol, with Carol Danvers. That's right. So the showrunner puts that question to bed. All right. No more. We don't have to question it anymore. The showrunner clearly laid it out. She did not turn into Carol Danvers. She actually shot it down when the wording made it sound like she did. She goes, no, 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 no. She didn't morph into Carol Danvers. She switched places with her. So now we know 100% for sure. No more theorizing. No more speculating. That's exactly what happened. She swapped places with Carol Danvers. That's number one. Number two, were they actually saying she was a mutant? Because when it happened, when when Bruno brings up the phrase mutation and the <laughs> plays, right? I'm like, well, they, that's they're telling us she's a mutant. But there's still a lot of people who don't believe that that's true. Well, the showrunners confirm that it is. And that directive to make her mutant came directly from Kevin Feige. And she doesn't even, the showrunner doesn't even know what they're going to do with her afterwards. This comes to us from that interview where Abisha says the following. I don't know how it fits into the larger MCU, her being a mutant. I generally can't answer that. Not because I'm lying, because I don't know. Kevin is doing whatever Kevin's up to. Who knows? The man's full of mysteries. It just was this perfect piece. But the fact that we get to roll out this part of the MCU in our show, being mutants, my nerd heart could not be more thrilled. <laughs> and that came to us from the showrunner. So, like... They're so secretive over there. They're not even letting the showrunners know what's happening next. They just got a director for like, okay, but Kevin says she's going to be a mutant, make her a mutant. And they, they do that. It's like, okay, I don't know what they're going to do with that later on, but they are doing it now. And they're using our show to roll the movie, which again, I talked about, I freaked out over yesterday about the fact that I never would have thought that they would officially hearken the fact that mutants are here now in a Disney Plus show. I never would have thought that in a million years, and yet here they are doing it. And I love the fact that that came directly from Kevin to do that. I love the fact that instead of letting there be a lot of confusion in the fan community, because a lot of times in these shows, there's things that happen, but there's a little ambiguity and there's a lot of confusion in the fan community. Showrunner just comes directly. Like, like the thing about, wait a minute, did Kamala turn into Captain Marvel or not? Because again, a lot of people in our after show yesterday thought she had turned into Carol Danvers, but she came out to set that straight just so there's no confusion. Nope, she's still Kamala, but she's somewhere else now. And now Carol Danvers is in Kamala's bedroom. For why, I don't know, but we'll find that out. Anyway, Amy, you hear these comments from the short. Does any of that surprise you? Do you think it was important that she laid that out? Doesn't surprise me. Honestly, to me, that's all stuff that felt pretty clear. But it is great that they're clarifying it. I, I think even just kind of in that moment where we see Carol in the bedroom, like her clear 
confusion about where she is, that it wasn't a confusion of what is this body? It was a confusion of where the hell am I? But nice that they're clearing that up. I I think also very notably, not only is, you know, Carol Danvers in Kamala's bedroom, but Kamala's wherever she just was. So I'm assuming it's not in the middle of outer space because Kamala can't breathe in space. I'm guessing this is going to be our launch point for the Marvels, which is super fun. Uh, As far as clarifying the mutant thing, really glad they did it. I think it would have been almost a bit of an F you to the fans if they like drop that word and then we're going, but she's not really like, why would you play the musical? Exactly. I feel like the music is exactly why it was like, of course, she's a mutant. You don't play that riff and then go, just kidding. Yeah, that'd be so douchey. (laughs) Yeah, no. So from just from a fan perspective, I'm so glad they didn't put it would have felt a bit like the the whole like WandaVision Quicksilver thing. That was a bit of a like, well, he's not even OK. Why do we do this? I, I would say this. The the big, big and you alluded to this, Chris, the big difference between the WandaVision thing, which, by the way, again, when he showed up, I told everybody <laughs> that ain't Quicksilver and nobody believed me. Anyway, the big difference between the thing in WandaVision and here, though, is that WandaVision in story was deceiving Wanda. In Ms. Marvel, the showrunners actually put in the music that is not something that's happening in story to the characters. It's not like Bruno said, "Uh, you have a mutation. No, 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 no. Like, no, no, Bruno didn't do that. It was something only directly given to the audience to say to the audience, she's a mutant, everybody. That, That was a direct thing. That was not the case with WandaVision and Quicksilver, right? Yeah. So there, there. So I had a lot of people writing to me about that, say, how's this any different than that? Well, there's a big fundamental difference because in this, the showrunners are actually telling us, the audience directly, this is what she is, yeah. as opposed to being something that was set up in the show. Anyway, you hear the, everything she's saying here, Chris. What stands out to you? I mean... I- it mostly stands out to me that people needed the clarification. I don't know. I think it's wild that people are like, I don't know if she's a mutant. Because there's also the whole argument people keep bringing up of, no, she's not a mutant. She's an inhuman. It's like saying a Honeycrisp versus a Granny Smith. They're I, both apples. Well, I think sometimes people forget, like, <laughs> they do have to make these shows for people who don't know the comics as well. It's like they're not yeah. going to start overcomplicating of like, well, technically, like they could, they might, they probably won't. And that's <laughs> fair. I mean, I understand that I'm very close to the source material so and, and I'm obsessed with that animated series. So hearing that music was like, yes, (laughs) but I think people getting really, really like hung up on the like, no, she's an inhuman. No, this is different. No, we're, we're simplifying things in the MCU because of that issue, right? Having mutants versus inhumans would be very confusing. I think for your just kind of general audience. I couldn't explain that shit to my mom. It'd be so bananas, right? (laughs) And I also, I I think it's good that we're also seemingly removing like Terrigen mist and things like that, right? Things that activate your mutant genes because usually it's just puberty in the X-Men comics, which I love that trope of like, hey, oh my gosh, your body's changing. And also now you can breathe fire. What? Sorry. (laughs) Grown up is weird. So I'm really, really excited that they did clarify that they did say this. And it just shows, too, that Feige keeps his cards close to the chest. Yeah, really close. And I really love that, actually, though, of, hey, I want you to make the story you want to make. Just make sure you include this little nugget. And they did that so well in this story, right? She told the exact same story she wanted. Ali had full carte blanche on this to do what she wanted here. And then it just was one scene. Hey, make sure just Bruno says one line to her that doesn't change the narrative of what you're doing. And I think that is why Kevin Feige is such a great helmsman because he's making sure that these moves are plotted out without taking away the creative direction of his filmmakers and his television makers. Well, I don't think he gives them carte blanche. Like, I think he very strictly lays out 
like when they start. Okay. He's not telling him to make it two hours. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. But he's also, he's, he does lay out like, you can't do this. You can't do this. Like, don't, don't say you can't blow up New Jersey because we got New Jersey in, in one of our other companies. Don't have this character show up because we're going to do this. Make sure she's still alive at the end. Make sure there's this. Make sure there's this. And, like, he'll give them these guys. Like, the way, the analogy I really like the way Kevin Feige works is that he sits down with his filmmakers and he clearly defines their playground. And he says, now, in this playground, within these parameters, go nuts. Mm -hmm. Whatever you want to do, you go and do. But just don't leave the sandbox. Yes, or don't leave the sandbox. It. Don't leave the boundaries that we've yeah. set up, and then you should be good to go. For sure. I think the other really exciting thing about this, too, the Carol Danvers stuff at the end there. Yeah, yeah. Kamala's where, you know, Carol is and everything. Carol's in her house. Yeah. I want to see her dad interact with her and be like, oh, you're the girl who's all over my daughter's walls. What's your deal? Are I didn't you even think about how delightful right. that's going to be. Yeah, it's going to be precious. Oh, I think it's going to be so cute. And you're right. It, this is the, the this is clearly the setup for the Marvels. Mm -hmm. Now, I had said going into the final episode, I remember on our Ms. Marvel after show last week, I said, OK, I'm 100 percent convinced Carol Danvers is showing up in the next episode. And it better not just be some post-credit scene, some shoehorned in post-credit scene. I mean, I said that last week and that's what they ended up doing, but they didn't try to set up a story in a post-credit scene. They just give a little tease and I'm like, okay, if you're going to do that, that's fine. Like what I did want to have happen is a doc showing up to Marty. I didn't want Carol Danvers show up at the end. Kamala, the universe is falling apart. We desperately need you. What? You need to come with me right now. It's your kids. And then they go off into outer space. Like that would have been like, I was afraid they were going to try to shoehorn something like that in. Yeah. yeah. But just this little thing of the bangle glows. Boom, she's gone. Boom, Carol's there. And it just leaves us the way they meant to leave us. A bit of a mystery. We'll see how that goes. So even though I was like totally against Carol Danvers just showing up at a post-grad scene, I got to say it did kind of work for me. So that was okay. Anyway, guys, question is for you. What did you think about the comments from the showrunner of Ms. Marvel? She has clearly confirmed those two big main things. One, she's a mutant. Two, she did not turn into Carol Danvers. She swapped places with her. Does that totally make sense with how you saw it? Does that contradict the way you saw it? Do you think maybe there's still a few little loopholes in there that maybe it could be something else? Whatever you guys think, jump down on into the comment section below and leave your thoughts there. Okay, guys, with that down, we are going to open up the Super Chats now. And if you guys have a thought, opinion, comment, question, theory, critique, whatever... Jump on down and start entering those in. We're going to spend the rest of our time now just addressing your questions. Before we get to that, we're going to hear from one last sponsor of our show today, our friends at Policy Genius. In these tumultuous times, life insurance can offer peace of mind that anyone who relies on you financially, a child, a parent, or even a business partner, will have a financial cushion if something happens to you. Policy Genius is an insurance comparison website that makes it easy to compare quotes from top companies like AIG and Prudential in one place to find your lowest price. You could save 50% or more on life insurance by comparing quotes with Policy Genius. Just click the link in the description or head to policygenius.com backslash campia to get personalized quotes in minutes and find the right policy for your needs. The licensed agents at Policy Genius work for you, not the insurance companies. They're on hand through the entire process to help you understand your options so you can make decisions with confidence. 
Policy Genius doesn't add on extra fees. Your personal info is private. Policy Genius doesn't sell your details to third parties. Policy Genius has thousands of five-star reviews across Google and Trustpilot. Policy Genius has options that offer coverage in as little as a week and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Since 2014, Policy Genius has helped over 30 million people shop for insurance and placed over $150 billion in coverage. Head to policygenius.com backslash campia to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. And a big thank you to our friends at Policy Genius for sponsoring this episode of the John Campia Show. Okay, guys, with that all down, let's get on over and hear what you guys have to say. First of all, Ray, do we have any from our channel yeah, members? we got like, okay, we got one from Empire Fan 1980 He says, thanks to you guys talking about the boys. I finally binged it. It was amazing. Do you think we see Jared Padalecki show up on the boys? I'd love to see the boys back together again. I don't think so. He's kind of busy right now with his other CW show, Walker. So I don't think we will. But again, the, the creator of Supernatural is the guy who does the boys. You got Jensen Ackles back in there. You got Bobby in there. It would be great to see. I don't think they'll do it, but I would like to see it. All right, what's next? Okay, Lore Howard says... Westworld is back and better have any interest in giving it another try? Nope. Zero interest in giving it another shot. I gave it like a season and a half. Didn't do anything for me. Hey, listen, I understand a lot of people really like the show and that's awesome, but not every show is for everybody. And for whatever reason, Westworld just didn't click with me. So I passed on it. All right, what's next? Kay just messaged, bring on the filthy. Oh, thank you for that. I like icons that. Right there. And then back year play, he gifted five John Campion memberships. Oh, thank oh, wow. you. That is the coolest thing when people gift memberships to other to other viewers. That is awesome of you. Thank you so much for that, man. That's incredibly generous of you. All right. With that down now, let's get to the super chats you guys have sent in. Amy, what do we got? Uh, we have Jojo Pond sending in a super chat. Thank, Thank you, you, Jojo. And King Mike Todd's as well. I think that might have been yesterday. Uh, Kara Black said, Amy, since you love Rogue One, were you aware that Jyn Erso's theme is actually in the original Star Wars film when Luke is telling Obi-Wan he can't get involved with the Rebellion? I didn't know that. I was not aware. That is a I fun, did, I fun fact. It's Thank you very much. Cool little details that I love learning from our audience. I could be totally lying to us. But I'll go and find out. But I'm going to tell people at a party and look like a dumbass. So if you did that to me, but I, I, <laughs> well played. You, you never know. <laughs> you never know if it's actually true and they write in. But yeah. I, I just tend to choose to believe these little facts from our yep. audience write in. Just like some guy chooses to believe that a stripper actually likes him. So we'll just go with that. <laughs> they don't? <laughs> no, they like you, Chris. They like you, but not, not nobody else. I ask else. them about their hopes and dreams. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to school, right? Oh I'm helping God. my textbooks. What is this? All right, Sup what's next? What's happening? has said, the important philosophical questions mankind have asked. <laughs> Who are we? Why are we here? Where did we come from? Kevin Feige, what the hell are you up to? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing that a lot of people, but now even the showrunners, we're finding even the executives over there like, what the hell are you doing in that room? I like to think he has no plan. <laughs> he like, he's just it. like, yep, you got to make her a mutant. He just like walks out of the room. He's like, Kevin, what are we doing here? <laughs> One day I really need to read this oh, comic. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I need cool. to pick up a comic. 
He just walks in the other room and Googles, who is Ms. Marvel? <laughs> what is an inhuman? Yeah. <laughs> that everybody keeps talking about. All right, what's next? Uh, Joseph Michael with the $20 super chat. Thank you, Joseph. If I were to explain Ms. Marvel to someone unfamiliar with Marvel Comics or the MCU, it's basically like Spider-Man, but it's a girl. Would that be an accurate description? Also, uh, Mo- Mohan Kapoor, Kamala's dad, Yusuf, is goat. He's yeah, he is. so great. Mm-hmm. The whole family, Amir, the mom, the dad. I, I, I just... I, their chemistry and the, the performances they pulled still, I think, do you even watch Bake Off is like one of the best <laughs> lines in the series. I, I just love all of them. But you know what? In basic terms, as somebody who doesn't watch Marvel and doesn't know comics, it just to say it's it's not inaccurate. If you yeah. want to just get too yeah. really oversimplified, say, think of Spider-Man, but she doesn't lose her parents yeah. uh, and, and she's a girl. It's It's not... <laughs> A bad reduction. And we're in Jersey. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. they're in Jersey. It's not a bad little reduction. That could yeah. give somebody a basic sense of the kind of story they're going to get. Well, I think just to definite, if you like a Spider-Man-esque superhero yes. and that kind of scale with your superhero. That's a better way of saying it. This is a good it. show yeah. for you. Yep. All right. What's next? Uh, Sin Vendetta said, Chris, as much as I'm looking forward to your thoughts on Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power series, when it comes out, I really wish I could see your actual reactions as you watch the show. Oh, man. That would be so long, though, of just me sitting there and being like, huh? <laughs> I feel like all of you would get sick of it really quickly. It'd just be me crying. Yeah, I, I've thought about stuff like that, like about doing live watch alongs. But the reality is, I, I don't like the idea of live watch alongs. Um, because number one, it's the same reason I don't do trailer reactions. I'll always feel like I'm just over hamming it for the, for the camera. Yeah. And, and if I'm not, then I'm feeling it's just going to be a really boring watch. Cause when I watch trailers, even trailers, I love, if you were to look at me, I'm not like, <laughs> like watching a trailer. That's just how I exist through life. Like I'm like, <laughs> Like the whole time, my resting face the is just whole like the time that I'm talking and she's not on camera. That's what she's doing that's to pretty me. Pretty much, I'm like, Chad. but I mean, like when I I watch a trailer, I'm like, and that's it. That yeah. that's my face, right? When I'm watching a trailer, so I I don't really see a need or a, a thing, and I I have a feeling watching a show too. Like you might get me go the odd, oh wow, but I mean, yeah. like, yeah, I yeah. could I could film it and edit it down. I don't know if that's I mean, interesting. That, she, I was thinking about doing that. I really want to do that with you and Aaron watching oh, The Descent. that horrible movie. The Descent, yes. Why, why are you so mean to me, John? The Descent. I give or, you nothing but joy and love. Or this oh, one. Oh, I've seen that one. Mar- oh, you've seen American yeah. Horror London. This is my all-time favorite horror movie. I love movie. that movie. This is the Laserdisc, by the Ooh. way, that Rob gave me as a gift. Because okay. he knows it's say. my favorite, my all-time favorite uh, horror movie. Do you have something to play that I on? know I do not. But just having it is special to me. Aww. My Aww. dad might still have a Laserdisc player. But yeah, but so. I was about doing like that. <laughs> getting you guys to watch it, but then editing it down to like 15 Horror is the- also yeah. funnier to watch people react to. Because horror yes. is just a more visceral reaction. Yeah. That's true. It's the Lord of the Rings. It's going to just be Ray yelling nerd. Yeah, nerd. yeah, the whole time nerd. The video is yeah. going to take a real turn when Ray gives you a full swirly at the end. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, going to have to make sure that we do that. You are on the Lord of the Rings. Oh, the after, after show. show? Absolutely. Yeah, 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 we'll do that for sure. All right. Anyway, we got to keep going. What's next? Uh, Jay said, why are they telling me how great IMAX is? Well, I'm already in an IMAX theater <laughs> about to watch an IMAX movie. I am already here. I've been sold. Is there a second part? Because I, I feel I this. So. 
Didn't get in. Okay. Well, look. It's like when you're going to Denny's and they're like advertising pancakes to you and you're like, I'm here. I'm eating pancakes. There is a difference. There is a difference between what AMC does and what IMAX does. Because if you're talking about that big, the big swirling number countdown, 10, 9, 8, right? Mm -hmm. Like they are literally showing you before the movie starts, look how fucking crisp this is. Mm, Yeah. Like it doesn't matter how, like AMC prime theaters are still my, my, my number one choice. But every time I'm in, an, I'm in an IMAX and they play that opening, listen, we're going to quickly demonstrate for you. This is the kind of image you're getting by coming to an IMAX. And they show that opening with the spinning numbers and space and the, and the sound. I'm like, okay. And it's kind of like a recalibration for my brain in watching it. Unlike just putting up a celebrity, IMAX is really good. You should come here and watch a movie. Heartbreak feels good when it's just a big. What are we talking about? Did you just cut to me because the Nicole Kidman came up? <laughs> I, are we I, talking Nicole Kidman AMC yet? Because I love it. He can sell me on the theater I just paid 20 bucks to go to all day. Oh. I just go back through. I'm like, she's right. I would like a second ticket, and I got to go because the movie's starting. Oh, I actually just buy a ticket for that, and then I leave. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. I, mean, 100%. I need heartbreak to feel good, damn it. All right, what's next? Uh, Joseph Michael said, where's Rob? I wanted to hear his thoughts on the new Rings of Power trailer. Uh, Rob is recording a mailbag right now, but uh, he will be back for best movie, worst movie a little bit later. All right, what's next? Uh, Luis Enrique de la Peña said, the first X-Men film turns 22 years old today. Wow. Do you have oh any God. memories from it and does it still hold up? It absolutely still holds up. I mean, I, I mean, obviously the, the comic book genre has evolved. Everybody forgets, like some people p- will point to the Blade movie. The Blade movie did not kick off the golden age of comic book movies because it didn't make studios and producers look at it and go, wow, we should, we can do comic book movies a different way than they've been done. Like Blade was great. I'm a big Blade fan. I think it opened that door slightly. It cracked it. Maybe. And then X-Men like just freaking kicked it. But it was, it was the first X-Men. And I remember, uh, the name starts with an R, the producer of the Dark Knight series. I, I'm trying to remember his name from Warner Brothers. At any rate, like, but I've heard a lot of producers and studio heads say it was when that X-Men movie came out. When that opening scene, which is something the world had never seen in a comic book movie before. The opening scene of this comic book movie. Remember at the time, comic book movies was Christopher Reeve's Superman. With a German concentration camp. And people being led to their deaths. And a child being torn away from the arms of his mother. It's like... I remember sitting in a theater the first time watching it and thought, I, I, I didn't think comic book movies could be this. Mm. I, I didn't think comic book movies could be this. And it just fundamentally changed the way that Hollywood looked at what comic book movies could be. And it ushered in, and it, t- it's take, it took them a while to kind of find their footing, but it is what opened the door. It is why I call that at first X-Men movie, that is the movie that started this age that we are in now. There would be no MCU today if it was not for that X-Men movie. I do not believe there would be a DCU today if it was not for that X-Men movie. And so, yeah, a lot of those moments stand out to me a, a great deal. Mm-hmm. All right, what's next? Kara Black said, are we sure Stormfront is really dead since we didn't actually see her die? And it's not just a ruse by her and Edgar to mess with Homelander. And she returns soon as this Vader-like cyborg. Um, I'm pretty sure she's dead. Yeah. I mean, they set it up pretty well, too. You saw, like, with him rejecting her philosophy, you saw she lost the will to live at that point. And she... Yeah, I have no doubt she's dead. I don't dead. know. It was a little really? vague for me. You think the door is a little it bit It was a now? little vague for me. Well, listen, it's not like they that's- They show a... her body being carted out of the yeah. building. 
I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced. All right. Okay. Just holding out for more of those weird bedside handies she was giving out. By the way, they did <laughs> say I do love that actress, they, so maybe I'm just hopeful. They did say it explicitly, but she's Homelander's mom. They didn't say that explicitly in there, but I, I 100% believe that, yeah, they used Soldier Boy's juice, but they need needed somebody out. They need an egg to fertilize. I think... I think it was slightly, lightly implied that while Soldier Boy was his dad, I think Stormfront was his mom. But if that's true, you think they don't want to keep her alive to play with that? I it's I I just think like I think if that's true, it makes it more likely that she's not dead. Are you rethinking your bedside handy comment now, Chris? Is that so much worse? It's so much worse. It's so much with, worse now. Sit in what you've done. Mom. Mom. I want you to think about mom. what you said. Stop, Mom. Stop, right. Mom. I'm not saying I want it to Stop. be explored further. I'm just saying. Somebody yeah. live shut says, hey, that's just Alabama. <laughs> wow. All right. What's next? Uh, Sam Ash said, Wanda, what mouth, Kevin Feige? What inhumans? <laughs> I, I don't get it. Because uh, she gets rid of Black Bolt's mouth. Oh, Black Bolt's mouth says what? Yes. Kevin Feige, the true Wanda Maximoff of Marvel. Yes. <laughs> what did you, listen, I, again, I don't think he, I don't think Kevin Feige wants anything to do with Inhumans. No, because it I, was, again, it just feels like an extra thing, too. It's like everyone knows what a mutant is. That show was such dog shit. It was, it was so bad. It was just a warm fart on a cold toilet seat. It was so <laughs> bad. It was so bad. The only good thing about it was the dog. I love Lockjaw. The dog was great. Bring I love the Lock dog. Bring and get rid of everything else. But the thing is, too, it's also a source of great frustration and pain for Kevin Feige because it was kind of one of the main battles that he had with Ike Perlmutter over and he's like effing humans I just don't think he wants anything to do with it and I bet if we stayed if we got a backstory on Earth 838 that we saw uh, Black Bolt in I bet Kevin Feige would say he's a mutant and not an inhuman yep I, I would put money on that but who knows anything is possible alright what's next Jay Terrell said, does Kevin Feige making uh, decisions like deciding to make Miss Marvel a mutant give you more faith in phase four direction? No, no? I, I don't. Listen, I, I really I don't have any lack of faith in phase four's direction because I don't care about phase four's direction. I care about good individual movies and good individual TV shows. If you make a good individual, if you just make a series of really good, enjoyable TV shows and movies, I'm happy and you'll be successful. The key, the problem is, is that they're not turning out their best work right now. Ms. Marvel's an exception. Eternals, uh, WandaVision, Spider-Man No Way Home. But other than those properties, the rest of them have not been their best work. So, yeah, him making her a mutant, I think, is exciting, but... Does it give me more faith in the direction of the MCU? Not necessarily. Though I do feel like, because he was making those comments about like things are going to become clearer sooner. Yeah, I so do think we're definitely on that path of he's clearly playing 4D chess with this yeah. stuff. And, and I think something's coming together. Yeah, you're right. All right. What's next? Uh, Ricky Bizarro said, I'm a self-admitted Marvel fanboy, liking Phase 4 more than most, but something felt off to me and I may have figured it out. Rewatchability. And looking for part two. It's right up here. I found it. Uh, every project to come out I've seen, enjoyed, and never thought of again. I've no desire to watch Eternals again, like The Winter Soldier or Thor 4, like Guardians. It's lately felt movie of the month to me. Next part. If it got in. No. No, that wasn't mm -hmm. it. 
Oh, there, there it is. Go. Oh, nice job. Uh, not sure uh, the solution or if there even is one. I love the MCU and I'm excited for the future. But if I'm feeling existential sometimes, I ask myself, what's the point? Love you, John. First time getting a question in love. Oh, thank you so Aww. much for that, Ricky Bizarro. And you know what? Here's the thing. I agree with your assessment. Yeah. Uh, other than it, uh, Shang-Chi, mm-hmm. which I've seen, well, I've lost count. I've, I've just straight up lost count of how much. I, I think I am one of the bigger Shang-Chi fans. I think it is one of the best comic book movies ever. I, I really do. I, it might even contend for top five to me. Best mm-hmm. comic book movie ever. Maybe. Might be in the six or seven spot. Uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. Very rewatchable. So good. Uh, I have rewatched WandaVision a number of times. Mm-hmm. I will rewatch Ms. Marvel. I'll never watch Loki again. Mm-hmm. I, I, other than season two. I'll never watch season one of Loki again. I'll but never the watch. The hair flips, John. I know, the hair, the hair flips. flips. I'll never watch Falcon and the Winter Soldier again. I'll watch season two, but I'll never watch that again. I'll certainly never watch Hawkeye again. I'll never watch Black Widow again. Um, I kind of thought Eternals didn't have the rewatchability, but then when I went back to Candor recently, I ended up watching it on the plane again, and I'm like, you know what? No, this movie's pretty good. I still wouldn't say it's great, but th- that movie's pretty good. So maybe it's got a little bit more rewatchability than I thought. Um, I've seen Thor in theater a couple of times, but when it does come out on Disney Plus, I don't know. And I, I like the movie, but I don't know that I'm going to be watching it three or four times on Disney Plus like I do Shang-Chi. So you know what? I think you're kind of right. I think there is a rewatchability issue. I think you're right on the money there. Mm-hmm. I All think right. it's, for me at least, it's that a lot of these movies feel like pieces of a bigger thing, way more than like some of the earlier phase Marvel stuff did, where it's like, no, this really feels like a standalone movie that just works as a film. Mm. Mm. All right, what's next? At least for me. Uh, Daniel Dang said, I love how after this Lord of the Ring trailer dropped, the momentum finally started to shift toward positivity. This trailer was amazing. Well, it was Who more hasn't... white people. I think I think that was really the issue for a lot of the trolls online. It was yeah. like, oh, finally, more white people. I, I think was, that was I it. I was just about to ask, who hasn't been positive? Oh, racist. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Kind of, oh, <laughs> yeah. No, I understand. To be fair, there mm-hmm. there are a lot of people who just saw the trailer. I, the, the vast majority of them, I would say, saw saw the initial trailers and thought, I'm not seeing anything to get really excited about here. And to be honest, like a lot of my excitement for the earlier stuff was the fact that it's just Lord of the Rings. Right. And I thought it looked good and whatever. But for, for a number of people, it just wasn't resonating with them. Then there's a group of people. It's like there's there's a disturbing lack of white skin on this on these trailers. There, there was Listen, some my of them. elves are going to look a certain way. Yes. Uh, but 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 th- again, there was just a lot of people who I think looked at the trailer and says, I'm not seeing a lot of stuff to get excited about yet. And even I, I, I wasn't jumping over the moon about the previous That's stuff. That's fair. This looks great, though. When this just really the images great. of hands came out, I was almost crying in here. I was oh. like, did you see the posters? And everyone else was like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> All right. What's next? Uh, King Tanik says, I just know that during the stream crash, we lost another pair of John's headphones. Poor guys <laughs> never stood a chance. Can't be a grabbing those headphones with the might of Zeus just busting your balls. Oh, no, oh, listen, well. I, I, will be, I will be the first one to tell you. When something happens in my... Uh, and by the way, this was just, ah, damn it, it's an internet connection we had to get fixed. Uh-huh. No big deal. Yeah. But... Sure. <laughs> um, John flipped a table. But, yeah, it's crazy. Three, three. <laughs> it took us 30 seconds to fix the stream and yeah. two minutes to pick up everything John oh threw. God, so. Here's the thing. And and I, I am... This is neither a good nor a bad thing, but this is something you need to know about me. Everything that I do and any bit of success, if you can call it that, that I have ever had is all based 
on the audience who comes and supports what we do. And so every day I feel a debt that I owe to the people who take time out of their day, who support and all that kind of stuff, our show, to be a part of our show. They support it financially. They support it with their time. They support it with their viewership. They support it with their involvement, all that kind of stuff. And you can ask Rob or Ray or Jonathan, like every day I feel that debt. And whenever I feel like we have welched on that debt, whenever I feel like we have not lived up to that obligation, or whenever I feel I have let down um, our audience who support us with all those different things, I get real, I get real nasty in my own head. I get really, really, really dark in my head. I get very upset. I get very angry when that happens. And uh, I just really hate it when I feel like I like I've let our viewers down Um, and I get maybe overly emotional, maybe overly emotional on that. Uh, I do. But I mean, there's not much else I get angry at except for when something goes wrong that I believe has us letting our viewers down. That's the only time I get real, real sharp. And uh, and I do when I feel like I've let people down. All right. Anyway, there's that. All right. What's next? Uh, Jay Master said, according to comicbook.com, John Watts' Disney Plus series Star Wars Skeleton Crew starring Jude Law has begun production. Nice. Also, Jude Law is Captain Hook in Disney Plus live action Peter Pan and Wendy. We're doing another one? I didn't even know about that. Why? Well, first of all, I'll take all the Jude Law you can throw at me. Yes. I mean, yeah. Like, I however much you yeah, in my, my trunk, put in there, I'll take all the Jude Law home. I love Jude Law. All the Jude Law in your trunk? <laughs> What? I wouldn't mind you lying my trunk, you know what I'm saying? Allegorically. Wow. I'll show myself out. <laughs> I, 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 but I didn't even know they were doing another lot. Oh, wait a minute. Did they announce that? I, I don't remember if they even announced it. Anyway, Skeleton Crew. I am excited about this. I'm looking forward to the very fact that John Watts is involved with it. I was very excited when I found out Jude Law was going to be the lead. I think that's great. The whole idea about it's going to kind of a Goonies feel to it as well in Star Wars universe. I'm down. I'm down. Oh, no. What are you laughing at? I just want to clarify to the person in the live chat who was concerned. Yeah, I know that means in my butt. I know. I know what I said. They're like, Amy, do you know what you said? Yeah, I know. (sighs) We have totally lost control of today's show (laughs) in so many different ways. You're going to ban me and Chris being on here together, aren't you? (laughs) This is an entire show of shot of the day for Aviation Gin. All right. What's next? Uh, Todd Naparik said, my theory is X-Men will be introduced one at a time like the Infinity Stones were. I can easily see Storm showing up in Wakanda forever and Rogue in the Marvels based on major parts of their history. Without T'Challa, what is the point of Aurora showing up in Wakanda? There's no point. So I don't see that happening. The idea of one at a time mutants, maybe. I mean, we did just get one. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it's it that's possible. I've always thought they would just do, no, bang, X-Men movie, and that would be it. But this Kamala reveal may kind of show that your theory may be yeah. right. So I appreciate that. Kevin Feige's giving me a lot of time to lose weight and get in shape so I can be an <laughs> X-Men. So thanks, Kevin. Are you rogue? I would love to be rogue. <laughs> it's rogue or squirrel girl. I've got two options. <laughs> <laughs> that's my options. All right, what's next? Uh, Kara Black says, will Bo-Katan and the Armorer have a... Uh, have a- Con- confrontation with each other and have a showdown in uh, Mando season three due to the conflicting Mandalorian ideologies. I think conflicting Mandalorian ideologies are going to take a backseat to conflicting Mandalorian politics. 
Mm. Um, so, I mean, they they might, but I have a feeling they won't. Uh, they'll deal with ideologies. Mandalore has always had to deal with conflicting ideologies, but I think there's a bigger problem with Mandalore right now that they're going to deal with. So uh, my guess, and it's only a guess, because you might be right, but my guess is they won't. That's my guess. All right, what's next? Fanimator said, what did you think of Jurassic World Dominion? Never saw it. Me neither. I, I had both commitments out of town and then got sick. And then heard all the things, all the mixed things about it, and I just lost all my enthusiasm to see it. Yeah. And 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 at that point, other things started to come out. That's like, okay, well, I either got to decide to go watch this thing I'm already really far behind on, or fall behind on other things as well. Yep. And I just kind of let it slide. And so I'll probably it's I'll watch important. it at some point. What's that? It's not important. Yeah, it, it just didn't seem it's like an important, important title. <laughs> like after the reaction it got, so I, I still haven't seen it. Have any of you guys seen it? No, you know sometimes there are movies where it's just it, yeah, especially once reviews hit, you really just get that like I can kind of picture what this is, and I, I just it's not anything I'm yeah. over the moon about. And I, I just love that first one so much. Yeah. The initial Jurassic Park is what made me fall in love with science, such a perfect right. and, and made me want to like get into STEM and everything. And having those characters come back in a film that is subpar just. Doesn't make me want to do it. I I get, and I can't say it's some park because I haven't seen it. Yeah. That's so uh, I'll get around to it at some point. All right. What's next? Curiosity Killed the Cat said, John, you made my heart smile and brought me to tears with surprise live streamer video. Simply wonderful. Well done, sir. Aww. Oh, thank you for that. Yeah. For, the, for those of you who know what he's talking about, I put up a video yesterday. You know, I'm always encouraging all of you guys, you know, to start a podcast, blog, or YouTube channel. And, you know, you make people's days when they do that and they put themselves on on a ledge to do that. When you drop in, leave comments or leave a super chat, whatever. So I decided to drop in on some live streamers and do just that. And uh, I thought the the reactions were pretty cool. So I put a video of that together. It's on the YouTube channel right now. You can go check that out. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. All right. What's next? Ritwick said, the awesome father of Kamala is also a dub artist for Doctor Strange in India. His voice fits perfectly. That's cool. I did not know that. So he already had a little, you know what? We should Google all these fun facts before we go to our next party. And we're <laughs> like, did you know? We got we to Snopes all of this. <laughs> yeah. Did you know that Star Wars was based on Snow White? No. Um, Facts. But you know what? It's true. Marvel does seem to like to keep it in the family. Mm-hmm. Like they like to work with people who are already kind of in the fold one mm-hmm. way or the other. That's just happened a lot. So that's a cool fact to know. All right. What's next? Nerd on Film said, the gray man is at 49%. I'm starting to think the Russo's MCU stuff is more because of Feige than the Russo's, especially after Cherry. Uh, listen. Making a good movie is so hard. Like everybody thinks making a good movie is easy. It's not. If it was easy, everybody would do it. It's really, really difficult. Um, but you know, I as a big fan of the Russos, um, who have been so they've come into my studio like three different times to come and give their time and, and stuff like that. They are amazing. Joe and Anthony are fantastic. I will be fans of them. For life. Um, with that said, I will admit that I have not been the biggest fan of what they have been behind post MCU. Twenty One Bridges was it Twenty One Bridges or that they did with Chadwick? I think mm-hmm. that was named Twenty One Bridges was not good. Um, this the one they did with uh, Holland not good. Um, I was not a fan of Extraction. 
Although it has some killer action scenes, has some absolutely killer action scenes. I was not a fan of that. Um, And again, I haven't seen Gray Man. So Gray Man to me might be the greatest thing I've ever seen. I'm going to keep my fingers crossed. But yeah, there is definitely some magic that happens. There's a chemistry that happens when the Russos work with Kevin Feige. Um, Can they replicate the success they had with Feige outside of Marvel? I don't know if they can. But uh, uh, clearly, the chemistry between them and Feige is magic when they do because mm-hmm. they've made some of the best MCU movies. Let me just look at there's not a bad there's not even a good one on their list. It's all fantastic. Winter Soldier, Civil War, Infinity War, Endgame. I mean, it's just all top shelf Marvel. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right, what's next? Uh, Frank Sanders said, "What if Marvels is a Freaky Friday situation? It's not. You know, that's body swapping." Look, actually, Jonathan, can you bring up that uh, Carol Danvers picture again that you had up a little bit earlier, if you can find it? The the one thing, I mean, look at the look on her face, right? Yeah. But I think it, that's telling her she is confused about where she is. So, again, I think that the showrunner made it pretty clear they just swaps places. I, I don't think they swap by. I don't think it's Freaky Friday thing. Uh, although I thought that was a possibility when I just saw the show. But now that the showrunners made it kind of clear, I think that sh- that's pretty Wait, much Maybe she bet. looked in that mirror that Kamala was looking in before. Right. Yeah. And then she was like, oh, no. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's not what happened. Like I said, it'd be like a look down, not a yeah. look around. As opposed yeah. to, why the hell are there pictures of me all over this room? Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking All right. Weird. What's next? Uh... Oh, Oja Spateria, and I apologize if I said that wrong. Oh, Spateria, maybe? Ohas. Thank you. Uh, John, I'm here to tell you Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon will save Netflix just like he will save the DCEU at Comic-Con this year. Mm, uh, listen, I'm very curious about Rebel Moon. We've talked about Rebel Moon a number of times. I'm very, very curious about it, but yeah, yeah I doubt that. I coached a kid on an audition for it. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. The sides were good. If they're the actual sides and not dummy sides. Uh, I mean, I, again, I think the sound of the project is really fascinating. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. His last Netflix film did not save Netflix. So I, I don't know if that's going to be the case. But I am very curious to see the project. All right, what's next? Stubble McShave said, I could see Nintendo do a Metroid movie. I mean, that that's another one. That could be one that they would have higher on their list. And that would make a pretty good animated one, actually. Good call. All right, what's next? Uh, Enrique Caceres said, Nintendo is obviously planning Super Smash Universe. Again, what you do in the animated world, I'm not really sure, but it does. Doing animation opens up a lot of possibilities that may not necessarily be viable in the live action thing. So that could open those doors. All right, what's next? Uh, Rick Stain said, y'all, imagine a Metroid movie (laughs) where Samus has her mind fractured. Uh, She receives a distress signal and arrives on a planet to pure turmoil and desolation. Again, there's a lot of different possibilities yeah. they could do. Now, listen, I, I'm not a big Metroid person. I played a little bit of Metroid. I couldn't tell you, but I couldn't tell you the first thing about it now. Yeah. So I don't know. But again, the possibilities, especially if you're going to take it into the animated realm, a lot of things you can do. And that would work so much better in live action, I think. Just you think it would be better in live action? Iron Man and the exosuits and Alien. I mean, yeah. they, they, especially with a, uh, you know, with like a whole different planet and just. With the that, yeah, but the it? problem is that sounds like a two hundred and fifty million dollar movie, and that's what we should spend. And if that, and, and it wouldn't make that though. I mean, yeah. I, I, is Metroid I, really the I really a, think a, an Nintendo, IP that would get people out? I really think Nintendo should be uh, getting a live action studio too, because a lot of these properties would work so much better. Zelda, Metroid, 
and all them i think would work so much better even star fox imagine like muppets but with uh x x wings but in space but would, would metroid so cool. make money nah man <laughs> <laughs> But Ray wants it. I mean, and I this mean, is why Ray is not I, CEO. Yeah, I mean, come on. <laughs> nah. Come on. I mean, do we even know what rights they own? Like, I, I would say, like, well, Castlevania, but that's Konami. So do they even have the rights to that? I mean, I, yeah, I, the animation, I don't know. Uh, that, that, like, what library is actually yeah. theirs? Don't, right. Like, I'm I, well, obviously Link. And Castlevania is happening on Netflix already. That yeah, anime. that's already there. It's so, so good. So all right. What's next? Uh... You read that right? Yeah. (laughs) Joseph SFL said Metroid movie, please. Yeah, we're getting a lot of call for Metroid on here. All right. What's next? Uh, We got uh, Luis Enrique de la Pena with, did you know that Michael Rosenbaum and Tom Welling started a podcast called Talkville yesterday where they talk about each episode from Smallville? Well, it's funny because that is the big trend now because you have the two guys, the two main guys from Scrubs. They now do an each other thing. Office fake ladies. Fr- you have uh, office ladies. You now mm-hmm. have the new girl cast doing each episode of the going through each episode of the new girl. So that's kind of the new thing. By the way, Michael Rosenbaum has a what's called Inside of You. I think that's the name of his yeah. podcast. It's a really good podcast. It's a great podcast. He does well on that. Do you know that they also? I think they own a winery as well. I think them and Stephen Amell from Arrow uh, also have some business ventures together. Like Stephen Amell has Knocking Point which is his winery. Then I think those guys opened a winery as well. Then I think they did a collab on something. But yeah, like, so Tom Rosenbaum and Tom Welling, or Michael Rosenbaum and Tom Welling have been actually working together as business partners for years as well Mm -hmm. in outside stuff. All right, what's next? It's funny though, I will just say with those, they've almost taken the place of like DVD commentary. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, really Because it is that episode by episode. Any hoodles. Uh, Sebastian Gonzalez said, damn, Vecna got to Galadriel 2. <laughs> MV confirmed, LOL. <laughs> I have no idea what any of that meant. I know who Vecna is, but what, what are they talking about? I guess in the, the Lord of the Rings. In the trailer? Galadriel still had her eyes. What are we talking I, about? Yeah, I don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> like, are you saying that that was the actor who played Vecna? Because it, it, it wasn't. No. Not that I know of. All it's, right. Anyway, yeah. what's next? Uh, oh, maybe like the floaty people, kind of like, oh, yeah, maybe. yeah. Oh, yeah, but that maybe that Gladiel's vision looked like the upside down, perhaps. Maybe that's what they mean, perhaps. Okay, all right, what's next? <laughs> I'll allow it. Uh, Zishan said the reveal happening so soon after uh, Strange, uh, multiverse, a multiverse of madness. of madness tells me it was a very deliberate decision to do it on the Disney Plus show and not the big movie with Wanda. I, I mean, was it, was it deliberate? I mean, there was no re- like they weren't going to make Wanda a mutant. They've already kind of set Wanda's background. So we knew that that ship had kind of passed them in the middle of the night. So I, but I still believed it was going to be in a movie. I still mm-hmm. believed it was going to be in a movie. I did not think they'd do it in a little Disney plus show, but I, especially with how good this show is, I'm mm-hmm. very, very glad they did. All right. What's next? This is that part two we couldn't find. Okay. Oh, uh, Jay said, don't need an ad at the place I already gave my money to about the thing I already gave my money to. I'm already here. Who are the ads for? Again, so for the IMAX thing, that one I see is more practical and functional. It's actually doing something to show you something to say, this is what you are in for, this kind of image. This kind. That's one thing. If AMC did that before their prime, actually they do. In the AMC prime, they have a spot like that that has run for years. That I've always appreciated, showing you the difference. Here's what black looks like on a regular movie screen. Here's what black looks like on our screen. And the Mm -hmm. whole, yes, the projector is still on thing. Like that sort of thing that is saying, we want to give you a quick demonstration of of what to look for in this movie you're going to watch, about how much better it is here. Boom. So I see IMAX's thing and AMC's Prime 
little thing. I see yeah. that as being functional. As opposed to, you know what you should do? You should go see to a movie, movie. AMC. Yeah. It's like, okay, Bitch, yeah, I'm, I'm here. here. I'm here. All right. Anyway. Yeah, and, and I mean, the inverse of that wouldn't make sense. So you couldn't show off what IMAX does at On home. a TV screen. Yeah. Right. Yep. And then mm. what used to bug me was the flip side of that, where they would show you, you get a DVD, right? The standard definition DVD. This is what Blu-ray will show you. I'm like, how can you show me what Blu-ray is showing me when this is a DVD? Yeah, yeah. when I'm watching this on a 484. <laughs> they said, just trust us. What you're seeing right now, it'll you get shit. <laughs> it's like when television commercials come on and say, look at the vibrant color of this new Sony TV. It's like, dude, I'm watching I'm it watch on a JVC. <laughs> right. I got this in, in an alley. This is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's next? Uh, Jonah Barnhart said, hello. Do you think it's possible that a VFX strike could be possible like the writer's strike? The problem is there's no VFX union. Oh, that's such bullshit. I mean, VFX, there are chapters of the, what is the big union that just uh, averted oh, a strike? Oh, like IATSE? Yeah, IATSE. There are chapters that have VFX members in it, mm -hmm. but there's no organized VFX um, union. Mm -hmm. And until they do that, it's going to be very difficult. And here's the problem. The VFX artists' problems aren't from the studios. It's from the VFX companies. Yep. Because the VFX companies are the ones that are bidding rock bottom dollar on the projects that the studios are putting up, which forces them to overwork everybody and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a tricky, tricky, complicated thing, but something has to happen for these artists. Absolutely. Especially with the push now to working from home so much more. A friend yes. of mine does post-production, beautiful, beautiful work. And he is working, you know, 18 hour days oh. from home because it's just, well, you're there. You might as well get it done, buddy. Which yeah. is horrible. It's, Look at all the time you're saving from commuting. Yeah. Put that into work. Yeah. Isn't yeah. it great? And, and you're punished then for also being very on top of your work where it's then, well, then you can do more of this. Let's well, get ahead of this next thing. That's been true in, in work Any and management forever. So like, yeah. like if you're really good at your job and you finish your job, your work effectively and creatively, instead of getting kudos, they go, oh, well, I guess we can give you more work. Exactly. It's like, wait, well, that wasn't why I got really efficient. But anyway. Mm -hmm. All right. What's next? That's why I've been mediocre at this the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Keep expectations uh, low. <laughs> Fangblaze 71 said, just finished Breaking Bad. I definitely liked it, but with how much it gets hyped up online, I thought it would be a lot better. Well, I mean, listen, that's the thing. Every It doesn't matter. Look, there are people who don't like The Godfather. As, as weird as that sounds, I know people who don't think The Godfather's all that great. So you're going to go into any show and, and you're going to either like it or not like it. And you're going to like it to a certain degree, depending on how it hits you. And it's not going to hit like for a lot of people, it hits them as one of the greatest things that's ever been on TV. But it's not going to be like that for everybody. If it wasn't that for you, that's totally fine. Well, and I feel like there's a difference between consistently hearing this is really good and consistently hearing this is the best show that's ever yeah. been made. Like for me, and I thought it was an incredible movie, but there was almost a degree when I finally got to everything everywhere all at once. It was was like it was amazing it literally could not have been as good as everyone told me it was right it like, like unless i like actually just like pissed myself from like joy and laughter you and didn't? like shit <laughs> i mean i did but i do it most movies okay. that's a me problem uh, <laughs> but uh no i think there is a level of not just this is so good but this is the best and you almost can't make something good enough once you're hearing that hype for years and years and years. Yeah. Yep. Expectations become the enemy of joy mm -hmm. sometimes. All right. What's next? Uh, Suthius <laughs> said, we've seen this in official clip, but the score where we see Jane Thor for the first time in Asgard is awesome. My favorite new piece of MCU music title of score is Mama's Got a Brand New Hammer. 
Oh, that's I fun. I love that. Again, I I can't remember a lot of the score because in Thor Love and Thunder, I'm just so fixated on the soundtrack mm-hmm. than I am on the score. Again, that in the kids' battle when November Rain, when the bridge for November Rain starts to play, I'm oh, like, yeah. that is like perfect. I loved that. All right. Thanks for pointing that out, though, man. All right. What's next? Delightful. Uh, Al Rensha said, do you think the Kaluuya loss could raise fans' expectations for Black Panther 2 at San Diego Comic-Con? I would want Marvel to bring amazing footage to calm me down. Um, They know they don't need to do that. Pe- nobody, Look, nobody's panicking because Wakabi's not in Black Panther 2. Nobody's panicking over that. Like if I heard that Nakia or Okoye or like wasn't in it, then I would start to get a little bit worried. Those were much more important, much more functional characters than Wakabi was. So I I don't I don't hear any panic from people that he's not there. I I don't know anybody that was expecting him to be there, to be honest. So I think it's gonna be fine. I just wanted to praise Mr. Kulia for having options, you know, to actually have the options there. Like, let's hope he gets more roles. I want to see him in a comedy role. He's got yeah. some acting yeah. chops. Well, he's, he's hilarious passionate. too. And he's making money. So what? A, what a dream as an actor yeah. too. Like what a what a what an embarrassment of riches of a choice that is. Yeah. <laughs> if you haven't seen his like uh, acceptance speech too for his Oscar, it's one of the funniest things ever. <laughs> it's so good. Love he's him. and I cannot wait to see him in Nope. Cannot yeah. wait to see him in Nope. Mm-hmm. All right, I mean, what's next? I think too. Uh, just real quick, I think it's such an imbalance on like the reaction to it. Cause if you said, Oh, Daniel Kaluuya, if there was an article is going to be in black Panther too. Everyone's like, Oh, okay. Well, okay. Whatever. And then you say he's not, and everyone's like, Oh my God, he's not. It's just, it's not balanced. It's- yeah. All right. What's next? Uh, Ritwick said, Gray Man reviews bombed, Resident Evil series early reviews bombed, Netflix in gore voice, so this is my vow, all good content will die. $200 million gone, reduced to atoms, I guess. Again, I, I'm not going to say that because I haven't seen it. I, I, I am surprised because, again, a lot of these critics that are saying they don't like it so much, I know, like, I personally know we're very excited about this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I, but remember... It's mixed, right? It's almost a 50-50 split. It's not like these are the worst reviews, the worst reviewed thing ever. It's almost as many people like it as don't like it. So, I mean, I get it's 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 it, but it is very mixed. Yeah, it's very mixed. All right, what's next? Uh, seconds from disaster said with Kamala switching spots with Carol, their theories that, uh, the bangle is actually one of the nega bands. We were do- discussing that. Uh, by the way, I would highly encourage you to go and check out our open spoiler discussion, our Ms. Marvel after show that Rob and I did yesterday. We got into that as well. And that is absolutely one of the prominent theories. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's the way they go. But remember the comics are the comics. The MCU is the MCU. They are two different things, so they could do it very differently, but we'll see. All right. What's next? Michael Johnston said, reporter, hey, Daniel, are you in Black Panther 2? Daniel, nope. <laughs> I will I will grant that one the drum shot. I'll, I'll give you that one. That That's not bad. That's not bad. All right, what's next? Uh, Mike Scott said, Patty Jenkins and Taika are similar. They direct a movie well, they didn't write, then get keys to write the next one, and it's subpar or bad. Ooh. Uh, Ooh. Thor, I, I will still stand on this. I know everybody's like, Thor 4 is not bad. Thor 4 is better than Wonder Woman 2. Yeah, yeah. Thor 4 is infinitely better than Wonder Woman 2. Well, but I, again, I think it's written wonderful things that he's directed. I, I mean, like, I mean, look, you, yeah, you're, you're it's an Oscar the laundry it. list of great <laughs> stuff that, that, no, do I think that Thor 4 is one of the weaker things Taika's done? Yes. Yeah. Yes, when you compare it to 
what we do in the shadows, mm-hmm. Jojo Rabbit, Thor Ragnarok. I, I, but even being bewildered. the worst movie on that list is is still good. It's like yeah. being the worst Christopher Nolan movie. Yeah. Um. So there, there's that. As far as Wonder Woman two, Patty Jenkins again. She only like directed a movie that wins Academy Awards in monster she then did the first wonder woman which was like the first legit breakout film for the dceu Mm -hmm. like legit and then listen but again everybody thinks making a good movie is easy and then somebody makes one movie that doesn't quite live up to expectations and listen i'll tell you i didn't like wonder woman 84 no but the thing is that's like one project she's ever done that wasn't great. Sure. So I am not worried about it. I, I, I'm really not worried about it. And again, it's not like they do one and they do bad. No, no. Both of them have very, very good resumes. So I, I wouldn't worry about it at all. All right. What's next? Jay Master said, John, do you want to feel old? Today is the 25th anniversary of Disney George of the Jungle starring Brendan Fraser and 27th anniversary of the first X-Men film. Yeah, the uh, first X-Men film, That I mean, that one feels like a long time ago. Yeah. The first X-Men does feel like a long I mean, there are movies that come out that celebrate anniversaries that I go, uh, wait, uh, that movie's how old? Because mm-hmm. it feels like it came out a few weeks ago. George of the Jungle, that feels like another lifetime. Ago. Yeah. I mean, By that way, day was seared into little Amy's memory. Oh, yeah. So I remember. But <laughs> I remember because I was there. <laughs> I kind of a long term crush. I still have a crush on her is Leslie Mann. Mm. I love her so much. She is so great in George of the Jungle. Uh, obviously, I will always think of her with all the great work she's done. To me, she'll always be, get some fucking French toast from 40-year-old virgin <laughs> in one of the funniest <laughs> scenes in movie history. So good. I... I, I just love her. I think mm-hmm. she's great. And she's married to to Judd. Yep. Yeah. I mean, like, and they, it's funny hearing, yeah, sometimes I'll go to comedy clubs. Like, the last, well, the last time I went to go watch Mark, I went to go see Mark Ellis go perform. And as a surprise guest, Judd Apatow showed up. Oh, nice. And Judd Apatow did a set. And he, he did this whole set of, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it's like trying to explain to their kids, like, you know what? I shouldn't even repeat it. I'm, I'm not going to repeat it. I'm not going to repeat it. But I love Leslie Mann. I love that George of the Jungle movie. I always yeah, think so of my I. mom. She said like it was like a mommy date with all the kids and like the trailer came up and all the moms just looked at each other and went, we could go see that when it comes out. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, looking forward to it. We got um, Brendan Fraser. I believe he's fireflying Batgirl. Uh, yep. Yeah. So he's coming as the villain in Batgirl. So he's congratulations. so excited for him. Oh, damn it. You know what? I forgot as one of our off the tops. Batgirl. Because mm-hmm. you know, we've been discussing. I think they're going to make it theatrical. Oh, a thousand percent. Um, They just announced it is going theatrical in the UK. Mm-hmm. So I only think it's a matter of time before they announce theatrical in the US as well. I need to see that movie. Yeah, on the big I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. All right. What's next? Uh, Mickey Veach said, if they're casting supporting characters for Ironheart, then they obviously have their lead by now, right? Maybe a Comic-Con announcement? It, it was, it was announced, announced yeah. ages ago. That was, that was like the <laughs> yeah, first thing, that's, guys. That was like the first thing they asked. Uh, so, yes, keep up. They, they did that. That one was announced a long time ago. All right, what's next? The robo-producer said, Harrison Ford Day yesterday. Yep. My son and I watched Indiana Jones 3 and The Devil's Own. Still my favorite Indiana Jones movie. Oh, absolutely. Like, I, I just... Sean Connery crushes in that. Last Crusade is so great. It, it's like every... It's it's almost... It's a perfect movie. I, I love that movie so much. And again, such a huge laundry list of great Harrison Ford films. All right, what's next? Uh... 
Arun Babaraj said, I read a comment for the Kingsman scene in which Eggsy rescues the princess from the prison for some favors in return. The comment was, no wonder Mario always wants to rescue Princess Peach. Yes, if you remember the movie and you yep. remember specifically what the reward was. Yep. Amy, it was in the butt. What? <laughs> Is that what yes. I... That was a great callback. Oh my goodness. That was a great callback. Well done. Now Slave to Love is playing in my head. <laughs> Uh, a. Marcellus said, probably too early to tell, but do you see uh, you Ant-Man 3 going darker because of Kang possibly kill off Hank or Jane Pym? I think <gasps> Ant-Man is going to have the feel of Ant-Man. Don't forget, Peyton Reed is, is still directing it. It's going to feel like an Ant-Man film. But like Thor Ragnarok, where you can have the tone you're going for and have some very dark stuff happen in it, I think they can absolutely do that in Ant-Man 3. Uh, you can have darker things happen, but still make it definitively feel like an Ant-Man film. And I have a feeling Peyton Reed's going to be able to do that. So uh, let's. I'm, all I know is I'm very excited for. I love Paul Rudd in this role. Mm-hmm. I remember I got announced. I remember I was doing the movie blog, and, we, and when we did the story, that it was it came down to Paul Rudd. Do you guys remember who the other person was that it came down to? No. Anybody? Nobody? Anybody in the live chat? Remember who it was? What? When the, when they were casting Ant Man, mm. it came down to two actors. They had narrowed it down, and their shortlist was two actors. I never heard this. One was Paul Rudd, and the other was Tom no. Selleck. It wasn't. It wasn't Adrian. Was it Tom Selleck? No, it was not Tom <laughs> Selleck. It was not Adrian Brody. Even though I had really embarrassing things for me, I had such good sources tell me that Adrian Brody was Ant Man. It wasn't Shazam, was it? And, no, and I announced that Adrian Brody's going to be Ant Man. Everybody. And Edgar Wright had to write me Bateman. and say, "Someone said um, Bateman. What's that? Jason Bateman? Nope. So, but Edgar Wright had to write me and go, uh, yeah, no, it's not Adrian Brody. I'm like, oh, well, shit. I'm never going to do scoops again. <laughs> um, but it was, I don't see anybody getting it. It wasn't Simon Pegg. It wasn't, um, it wasn't Joe you know, uh, ah, ah, somebody got it. That one, Michael got it. It was Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Oh, strange. I remember it came down to Joseph Gordon-Levitt and, uh, and Paul Rudd. And every Joseph Gordon-Levitt was pretty hot at the time, and everybody was like, a lot of people were going, "Oh, it's got to be Joseph Gordon-Levitt." Yeah. And it went with Paul Rudd, and when they did, I kind of went, "You know what? Depending on what they're going for in here, that could have been, that might be a masterpiece casting." Well, right and also there. by casting this, we've got thirty years with the same actor. <laughs> yes, because he's never <laughs> aged. Doesn't age. He will never age. And I think now knowing, I think if everybody knew what Ant-Man was going to be, I think more people might have said, yeah, Paul Rudd, because again, this is a great example. The Ant-Man casting is a great example about why people say, hey, John, who do you think should play so-and-so in an upcoming comic book movie? I say, I don't care. Just make it because nobody knew what the script of Ant-Man was. Nobody knew what they were going for. And so when we found out that the shortlist was Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Paul Rudd, everybody said, oh, make it Joseph Gordon-Levitt. But we didn't know that actually the better fit was Paul Rudd. We didn't know that. So that's why I go, look, as long as you're casting good actors, that's all I care about because I haven't read the script. And uh, Paul Rudd ended up being the right choice, I think. Oh, yeah. And I still love Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Don't get me wrong. I would love him to be in the MCU. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. All right. I want to see Jason Bateman and and Joseph Gordon-Levitt in some role. Oh, that would be great. I want a horrible bosses in the MCU. Basically. I want want Jason Sudeikis and Jason... (laughs) And Scott Mance. What's that? <laughs> Scott Mance in the MCU. And Scott Mance. Scott Mance. Mance, Mance man. <laughs> All right, what's next? Uh, 
Harry Katsaros said, producer Jonathan asked for Netflix to bring back Mindhunter the other day. Yes, Blackbird on Apple TV featuring Taron Egerton and Ray Liotta is basically Mindhunter season three. Well, I, I don't have Apple TV, but isn't For All Mankind on Apple TV? Yes. yes. Okay, yep. so now I have more reasons to. Oh, so Ted Lasso, Morning Severance. Show. It's, okay. yeah. After Apple Party, that's pretty stacked. That's part one of two. Is there another one or did no, they not get in? I, no. They didn't get in? Okay, all right, what's next? Uh, we got Al Rensha. I went to the dark side and attempted to watch the Monsters trailer. Not even 40 <laughs> seconds in and I tapped out. You would have to pay me hundreds upon hundreds of dollars to watch this movie. Okay, look, look, like we always say, I just finished saying it. Everybody thinks making a good movie is easy. It's not blah, blah, blah. And like people say, I could make a better movie than that. And it's like, no, you can't. Even if it's like one of the worst movies ever, you can't. But believe me, you can't. I honestly feel like a high school drama club could make a better trailer. You got to work to make a movie that looked that bad. That was impressive. I was talking to my friends last night about it, too. And I think if the whole thing had been black and white and if it was at a different frame rate, too, it would have worked better. Yeah, like one frame, one frame per second, maybe maybe one frame only. (laughs) That might have been better than one freeze frame. I literally got trolled by a monster's bot. That's her first because because someone someone wrote someone wrote um, oh this was like a, a wonderful whatever trailer I'm like that was it was the company that put up their post and I wrote were you watching the same trailer as me and and some someone trolled me and said clearly you have very little experience in movies sad and then when you click on there it's like something something monsters and all their pictures were of the monsters I literally got trolled by a monsters <laughs> Rob Zombie I, I I mean I maybe you know what they should have done. Um, they should have made it like black and white with no dialogue and just have the, the words come up on screen like in the old talk, the before the talkies. <laughs> Lean into it being that cult classic, right? Yeah. I, I would enjoy that more than whatever the hell I watched. And there. you know what the funny, here's the, here's the funny thing. If this comes out and it ends up being like one of the best things ever, oh, yeah. that's going to be like one of the best things. I've, that would be great. I'm still excited. <laughs> All right. What's next? It was like cornball fun. Yeah. <laughs> The unbearable weight of being a good Canadian kid said, <laughs> watching Transformers, Nervously Gray Man, and Crawdads tonight. Wow. Do you think where the Crawdads sing could be a sleeper hit? I don't. I don't hear anybody talking about it, um, except for Aaron. <laughs> Aaron's yeah. the only person here talking about it. <laughs> um, so I don't think it's going to be a sleeper hit. I mean, it could be great. It could be awesome. I just don't hear a lot of people talking about running out to see it. So I have my doubts, but fingers will be crossed. All right, what's next? Uh, Ricky Bizarro. Where did that one? (laughs) Jay Master said, writer Rhett Reese has recently come out to say that Marvel has been very hands-off and getting support from Marvel to maintain the tone and vision for Deadpool 3. Well, yeah, actually, him and his writing partner, Paul Wernick, we we talked about this uh, over a month ago, that they came out and said, you know what? Disney hasn't given us any notes yet. Yeah. They said they have been getting... They said, now, we're totally sure we'll probably push the limits... And maybe they'll write, hey, maybe cut that joke up. But they said so far in their writing process, not a single note yeah, the, they've gotten. The hope is that it's a David Fincher Fight Club situation of you get one. You get right. one that I'm going to say, don't do that. And then it's going to be so much worse. Yeah. I, 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 and so far, listen, Bob Iger, Kevin Feige, they, they both said, look, we are not going to do our rated stuff in the MCU. <gasps> With the exception of Deadpool. And if you're going to go open that gate, you might as well let them run with it. Yeah. Right? Don't dip your toe in an R rating. Go full hog. Yeah. If, if you're going to have yeah. them drop four F-bombs, you might as well let them drop 80. Yeah. 
and you might as well have National you Women's better Day. Swear and, and peg. Yeah, swear and peg. Come that's, on. That's all. That should be the title of Deadpool. Deadpool three. three. Swear, swear and peg. peg. I think You're like guys. swearing and pegging, but it's got to have the little apostrophe. <laughs> Somebody added. send that to Reynolds. <laughs> Deadpool three. Swear and peg. Hey Ryan. All right, what's next? Uh, Tim Platt said, Fox Kids are too Nami. Which did you prefer? I was a Fox Kids guy, although I loved both. Dude, too I was Canadian. <laughs> I didn't have any of that. They were too still Nami. watching You Can't Do That on Television. Yes, that's right. We were watching that's You Can't true. Do That on Television. Damn right we were. Man, Toonami with Stephen J. Bloom being Tom Morrow? Come on. I've never even All heard of sweet this. See, I was anime? like, a, I, I, was, I was into like the softer shit. I was like, one Saturday morning on ABC. That oh, was my that was shit. Yeah. Weekenders. Hell yeah. Yeah. All right, what's next? Pepper Ann? Come on now. (laughs) We could go down a rabbit hole. Uh, Ernest uh, Talhook, sorry if I said that wrong, said, is it just me or is there more diversity in this new Rings of Power series? Didn't know Middle Earth had any black people in it, but I love it. Seems intentional to me and it's very refreshing. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Tolkien never once in any of his writings specified uh, ethnicity. Yeah. Like who's who's to say that elves aren't every color under the rainbow? And that's the thing. So, yeah, you really should have more diversity I mean, in it. It's such an old argument, but it's like, okie dokie, dragons are real, but you draw the line at people of color. Yeah. Like if we're going to suspend our disbelief, just having a diverse world that looks like our own is not a suspension of disbelief. Exactly. I, I believe that melanin probably exists in Middle Earth. I imagine. I so, like but it. here's the thing, too. It's. There will, pe- there will be people who hide behind the excuse of saying they're forcing diversity. Mm-hmm. What really they're saying is we want to keep enforcing exclusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what it is. See, that's the thing. There, There is no I, – I keep telling people this. Like in Hollywood right now, there is no diversity agenda. What we have is finally, after decades and decades and decades and decades and decades, we have people finally saying we are going to stop the agenda of exclusion. We're going to stop doing that because Hollywood has done it for a century. Yeah. And they are finally, in recent years, finally saying we are going to start taking apart this agenda that's been in, that's been there forever of exclusion. And we're going to start getting rid of that agenda. And uh, I like the fact that we're starting to see more movies, TV shows, whatever, that reflect that. I just want to give a shout out to Tyler Gibson for joining for a second there. I thought it was Tyrese Gibson. <laughs> no, Tyrese. Hey, you know me and Tyrese are good now. You know oh, you me. And, yeah, me and Tyrese are good now. We're, we're good now. We got by that. All right, what's next? Uh, the Richard sent in a super chat and V sent in a super chat. Thank you, guys. And did we have a couple more come in oh, from yeah, our yeah, channel yeah. members? Got, what do we got? Me. Let's see. We have, um, here's one from JG Trey. I remember when you used to say that the best part of the MCU was that every movie could be any casual fans entry point yes. into the MCU. Yes. I feel like those days are starting to be over. Yes, mm. I completely agree and I've mentioned that before. That see the true genius of the MCU. For those you haven't heard me say before, is the fact that Kevin Feige has specifically done it where every single project is a potential entry point for a new fan. That you could step, I had I told you I had somebody step in never seen an MCU movie went into, uh, it was either Infinity War and Endgame. I'll say Infinity War, it might have been Endgame. But stepped in an Infinity War. Had never seen an MCU thing since, and I'm sure there are many things that probably went over their head, but they did not feel lost mm-hmm. because everything they would do did not require prerequisite courses before coming in and watching it. Yeah. The more and more the MCU is becoming convoluted, 
it's going to make that more difficult because I we heard it in Doctor Strange the Multiverse of Madness. That was really the first movie where it was like, you're not even going to really understand what's going on here if you didn't watch WandaVision. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that has never been something that the MCU has done before. The reason they had such huge exponential, exponential growth is because any movie fan at any time could jump on board the MCU train yeah. and not have to worry about the 18 cars that already went they by. They were all Hobbs and Shaw. They were all Hobbs and Shaw. Just get in there and go, I understand what this is. Yeah, you didn't need to watch any of the other Fast and the Furious. You surely haven't. And you were able, and that's, but the more convoluted it's getting, it's, they're going to start facing challenges with that, where now there's going to be homework you have to do if you want to. No audience member wants fucking homework before they watch something. And it's going to be I difficult. Do. Yeah, well, maybe Chris Carr does. I want to have a book to reference the whole time and be like, ooh. Yeah, but anyway, it, you're right. It's going to become more challenging. All okay. right, what's next? Cole writes, am I the only one who thought that mutant reveal was a bit lazy? No. <gasps> no way. I mean, I'm sorry. I, I mean, I'm sure other people maybe do. I don't think, I thought it was completely earned. And here's why I believe it was. Because it narratively fit. We talked about this yesterday. It wasn't just blah, blah, blah. Oh, wow. Look at this read. It says you're a mutant. What? No. It it followed a narrative path that had been laid out in the story. It starts with him saying, Amir came to me wondering, because of family lineage, will he also have these powers? That creates a consequence that I looked into that. And then I cross-compared that to your scans. And then I realized within your scans there was something else that was different. There is a mutation. That was a per that was perfectly tied in with a thread and a and a roadmap they had laid out narratively, and it brought it to fruition at that point. So, no, I didn't think it was lazy at all. I thought it was very well done. I loved it. Yeah, I thought it was great. All right, what's next? Collins E writes: I was watching the episode where you guys made Doctor Strange two predictions, and y'all gave a bigger chance to Galactus showing up than Black Bolt. It's funny in retrospect, <laughs> and hey, you can still surprise us. I told you. I have ever since I saw my as a man, I would have lost a yeah. lot of money on that. <laughs> we walked out of the theater. And we're like, wow, I don't think we've ever been so wrong about so many things. <laughs> I, I mean, and we got some pretty big key things yeah. right, but. Again, I, I knew because Black Bolt is a member of the Illuminati, I mean, we knew it was possible. And it, it is key important to point out, Feige never called him an inhuman or anything like that. And they had him in a very different costume than what he wore in the inhuman TV show. Mm -hmm. So this was clearly a different Black Bolt, all that kind of stuff. But make no mistake, I would have lost a lot of money. If I had put money on that, I would have put us anyway. What's that? <laughs> Bet the house on us anyway. I yeah, I would have lost a lot of money, dude, on that. I was very surprised. Okay, All right, we got next? one last one from Casey McGrew. He says, "Hey guys, been a longtime fan. I'm planning on doing a d double feature this week with my fiance and some friends. Going to see Thor: Love and Thunder, and my fiance wants to see Jurassic." The world dominion <laughs> is it even still going to be playing in theaters next week Ooh. i'm i'm not i'm not sure i, I mean still making like money <clears throat> yeah it's still making money so i wonder if that's going to be a good time depending i hope well i hope all your whole group likes both movies that's all i mean that's the thing right like like rob always says rob who just walked in the room he's standing over there now getting uh getting his my, getting the, pre the peanut butter pretzels out getting the peanut butter pretzels out i mean like he always says you go in, you always hope that everybody loves every movie they see. I mean, that it doesn't work out, obviously, but that's what the hope is. You always hope it. So I hope you have a great chance. Listen, I like Thor Love and Thunder, even though I think it's only like the third best Thor movie. But I hope you do, too. And maybe you'll love Jurassic World if you can find where it's playing.
All right, guys. And that'll do it for today's installment of the John Campy Show with all the problems that we had today. Thank you for hanging in there with us as we uh, muscled through it. Thank you, especially to everybody who sent in those super chats, number one, because he gave us great fun things to talk about. But number two, you supported this channel as you did it and all of us involved with the show. Thank you guys so much for your support. I want to thank everybody sitting in the room. Of course, we've got Chris Carr. We got Amy Newman. We got Ray Ora over there. And of course, <laughs> producer Jonathan Voico. Thanks so much for running the show. And thank you guys for being here. That'll do it for us for now, guys. Don't forget, come back a little bit later today. We got a couple things coming. We got a mailbag coming. We got a best movie, worst movie coming. And of course, the John Campy Show returns tomorrow. So come on back for that. That'll do it for now, guys. Thanks a lot for being here. My name's John Campia. And until next time, my friends, bye-bye. <laughs>